Whether you're buying benches, bread makers, or bottles of bubble bath, paying for business expenses with an Amex Blue Business Cash Card can be rewarding. You'll earn 2% cash back as a statement credit on your first $50,000 in purchases per year at 1% after that. So you get rewarded for getting what you need for your business. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash Business Cash. Amex Blue Business Cash. Built for business by American Express. So we can let Bill WD-40 on into the chat room and lube us up for tonight's show. Jorgen Johansson, he's starting at left wing tonight wearing Jerry Gillis's old number 21 for the Vancouver Canucks. Candy R, how are you? Call an X-Strand. How you doing, buddy? And who else do we have here? Kathleen Hughes, nice to see you. And love v. love, baby boy. Good to have you all here. Reminder to all of you, the Super Chat is open. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. Sea Warrior Sun, welcome to SOR Chat. And uh, we got 30 seconds before we launch this show tonight. Yeah, once again, the Super Chat is open. Derek Ning, how you doing? And also, you can do some shopping at our Spaced Out Radio website. Go to our store. we got some great swag there for you that you can wear at any time, young or old, big or small. It's all there for you. Hi, Bill WD-40. Hope you're lubed up for tonight. And we're going to get going here in about five seconds. So I need a favor, everyone. Hi, Blue Cruise. Horns up. Let's rock. of central british columbia to you listening around the world this my friends is spaced out radio i am your host dave scott sitting in the captain's chair of sor headquarters we welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around north america digitally on odyssey radio talk stream live at kpnl all of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at spaced out radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. It is a power night of spookiness tonight as we head to the swamp early and often. Mr. Swamp Dweller is here to share some of his creepy adventure stories with us tonight. Then in hour number three, because we're going two hours straight with a Swamp Dweller, we are going to have Super Duke come in right off the top for the cryptid report, and we will have the news as well. Now, I'll tell you, we have a lot of changes that are always happening. And one thing about radio is... You always have to keep fresh and keep the format going. And I think one of the smartest decisions that I made to our format was adding Swamp Dweller. Now, he was first a guest a year and a little bit ago because I had found his channel and the guy just absolutely creeped me out on YouTube, which is youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. He's got over 300,000 subscribers who tune in each and every day to listen to some of his crazy 
insane stories that people from around the world deliver to him. Now, Swamp Dweller has been doing this for about seven years. He never thought it would take off the way it did, but it's become a lifestyle for him now. We're going to learn all about that tonight, Mr. Swamp Dweller. It is always a pleasure to have you on Spaced Out Radio. And first and foremost, I want to say a big thank you to you for allowing us each Monday through Friday night to be playing one of your spooky stories for our listening audience, my friend. It's an absolute pleasure, and uh, I'm glad to be here again, Dave. It's always fun to be here with the Spaced Out Radio friends. It's always a blast to have you here. You know what? This is literally how it goes with Swabby here, people. All of a sudden, I'll get a message on Twitter or on Instagram, and he'll be like, Hey, Dave, I'd like to come on around this date. Do you have any time for me? Yep, I got you. And that's literally how our booking system works with him. It's true. It's true. It's amazing. I'm pretty spontaneous like that, I guess. <laughs> now, for our audience who has never really heard you before, you know, they may have heard of you through our show. They may have checked you on out, but they don't know the personal side of you. I mean, you have a pretty emotional story on how you started this channel. I mean, you, you've literally, and and pardon the, the expression, rags to riches, but you've literally gone rags to riches with this channel in, in capturing some of uh, people's most uh, hidden nightmares that they have, my friend. Yeah, I guess uh, rags to riches is a good way to put it. Um, yeah, I mean, when I first started this, I was just like literally everybody else. And uh, I've just uh, hoped that I've kept that same air to my personality and to what I do. I, I'm just a guy who enjoys scary things and spooky things. And I, I experienced some weird things growing up myself. And, you know, we all go through ups and downs. So I've made the best of it. And, you know, I just feel like I need to stick to that and keep doing that and making it better and better. And, you know, every day is an opportunity to do that. So, yeah. Now, you're you're a musician. Are you still in a band? Um, yeah, but it's more of like a fun thing. It's not really anything serious, though. Oh, man. Well, as long as you're rocking out, that's the main thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. But uh, music was a big part of my life for many years before I got into to YouTube. And it still is, but it's more of those things that we do for, like, the joy of it now instead of being like, I got to be a rock star. <laughs> yeah, but that rock star lifestyle is pretty cool, man. It it really oh, is. Yeah. It's hard work. You know, I, I think ACDC nailed it big time when they said it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. That is for sure. So I, I do have to tell you something, Swampy. We have a major, major anniversary here on Spaced Out Radio tonight. And the majority of our audience may not even know. And tonight at 7.45 p.m. Pacific, it was the 11-year anniversary of me seeing the angel of death in my mother's eyes, which culminated years later with the start of Spaced Out Radio in 2014. Wow, that's a, that's a big moment. Yeah. I, I will never forget that moment of, you know, looking into my mother's beautiful blue eyes and seeing jet black pupils or pardon me, the, the, where the blue is, it was jet black with white pupils staring back at me. And then as I knew what I was looking at, 
My mom shook her head like, oh, you see me. She shook her head. Her eyes went back blue like nothing had happened. And a few months later, about a year later or so, I actually told her what I saw that night. And it was creepy, my friend. It was creepy because two hours later, I ended up channeling the angel of death. I'd had no idea what channeling was. To me, it was like flipping a remote control over to uh, find out uh, what's on the next channel. That's channeling for me. But no, no, no. Apparently, it meant something completely different. And, uh, you know, I'm very glad to have you here on this anniversary night, my friend. I'm glad to be here. That sounds like something straight out of a horror movie. Or off a of Swamp Dweller's channel. Oh, that too. <laughs> we can make we can make that happen, Dave. Oh well, eventually when my book comes out, we'll do that story. How about that? I'm sorry. What was that? You cut out. I said eventually when when I finally uh, get off my butt to finish my book, we will actually do that story. Oh yeah, definitely. That'll be a great one to add. Absolutely. My friend, you know, in learning about you our, with our audience, I mean, you tackle a number of different topics. I wouldn't quite say you're creepy pasta because I know in previous conversations you get literally dozens, if not hundreds of emails a week from people who are having strange experiences, which has really helped build your channel. Uh, how, how did this all get started for you? Well, about six years ago, seven years ago now, um, I had a podcast originally, and it was called Swamp Dog Chronicles, and I was interviewing people, much like you do, who were, you know, on shows like Monster Quest, or who were, you know, paranormal investigators, or some sort of professional in that field. And eventually, I kind of just got bored, because I was like, man, I feel like I'm asking the same questions, just reworded differently. And a bunch of people kind of sent me their experiences like anonymously. They didn't want to come on the show, but they still wanted to share their stories with me and let me know that they had an experience that matched the things that I was, you know, interviewing people about. So I decided why not try to take that format and put it into this other format that I had a friend who was a creepypasta channel, I guess you could say, uh, at the time. And I was like, well, what if I take that format and mix it with this and kind of... That's where the basic format of Swamp Dweller was born, where I was reading stories that were submitted into the channel. And from there, just grew to covering everything from Dogman to Bigfoot to creepy ghost stories to people, you know, breaking stories, you know, just everything in between. And um, now it's just like such an eclectic mix that like you never know what you're going to get. Any episode could be, you know, one story somebody broke into my house. The next story is uh, it's a poltergeist. The next story, Bigfoot's there. You know, you just never know what you're going to get. And uh, that's basically the the quick short story of how it all started. Just kind of fell into place at the right right time. Now, was this I, I know you've always been more of a, a whether you're buying benches, bread makers, or bottles of bubble bath, paying for business expenses with an Amex Blue Business Cash Card can be rewarding. You'll earn 2% cash back as a statement credit on your first $50,000 in purchases per year and 1% after that. So you get rewarded for getting what you need for your business. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash business cash. Amex Blue Business Cash. Built for business by American Express. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner horror movie type fan you like getting spooked out you like getting scared you know and a lot of us do but for you putting this together how how did you find the right formula that was going to impact your listeners and people to not only create listenership but subscribership as well it definitely was trial and error for a while when i first started i i was not very articulate i wasn't very I wasn't very good at all, honestly, especially when it came to like the enunciation and not sounding like, you know, I'm coming from the uh, inbred backwoods, um, even though that's exactly where I was coming from. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it was more of just like once I understood how to, I guess, read clearly and convey what I what I was reading, it became more of like, what do I find scary and what bother and what normally freaks me out and psychological thrillers and stuff like that were always what I gravitated to and those things are what freak me out things that make me think so uh, that's kind of what I started implementing in the storytelling was I want to make people think I want to make sure the story builds I want to make sure that you feels like it's happening to you and um, that's why I approach every story as if it happened to me as well is there any stories over the years, because you've done thousands, and it's, you know, it's like when somebody asks me the same question of, you know, who's your favorite guest? What's your what's your favorite moment? You know, through thousands of interviews that we have done on this show over the last eight years, you know, it's hard to remember. But are there any real stories that, that you have come across that just kind of hit you, that was just like, you know, this is this is too real. This is a little bit too much for me. Um, man, that, that is, uh, one of the questions that is like really hard to find like specific stories, but, um, since I've gotten more into like true crime stuff over the past couple of years, I would definitely say like things like the Ridley Creek Jane Doe and just cases where like the way somebody dies is so brutal and it's just like so real because it's like down the street from you and you're like, Oh wow, I, I was just there stuff like that stick out to me a lot, but mainly also to stories where there's a lot of like if you can relate to the trauma of the story um, and in the sense of like if you've ever had a moment where you've ran into a, a wildlife and, or a wild animal, right, and nearly got taken down by a bear. So when you hear a story or start reading a story about something very similar, you're like, oh, man, I, I kind of feel this way, you know, um, and that I feel like that's kind of. You kind of cut out there, my friend. Oh, my bad. Uh, I feel like this kind of uh, what I gravitate toward. Excuse me, tongue tied. This what I'm gravi- yeah. gravitating towards is those types of things, and um, yeah. You know, for you though, I mean, you know, being a young guy that you are, because uh, Lord knows I'm going to be 50 next year, so I'm like double your age. You know, you sit there and and you see everything that comes across your 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 table i mean you get fan mail and everything like that you know your listenership 
I know my my son, who's nine years old, really digs what you do. You must have listenership, you know, right from the young ages of single digits right up until, you know, senior citizens who are like, man, this is just fantastic what you're doing, man. Definitely. I love I love seeing that. I try to and I try to be mindful of that. There is a wide variety of people who are watching these videos because YouTube, they show me pretty much somewhat accurate numbers of like who's listening in the demographic and all that. But I can only imagine, you know, how many young people actually do listen to it. And I see a lot of comments where people appreciate, you know, the stories being somewhat clean and stuff like that. Um, but I, I think it's really cool. I see comments all the time. People like I listen with my family. We we go camping and we listen to these together out by the fire. And I just find that like fascinating because, uh, you know, I never thought that that would be a thing. You know, when I first started doing this. Well, you're making an impact in, in people's lives. And, you know, no matter what we do, whether it's a show like this or something like you're doing, which is, you know, literally, you know, 150 times more popular than what we're doing right now. The idea behind it is you're getting to people and and you're getting people right in the feels. And in the end, that's that's what we try and do. It's all about, you know, high quality entertainment. Yeah, definitely. I definitely don't want people to uh, come to my my videos or my channels or anything that I produce out there on the Internet and be like, ah, I feel like this could have been better. And if they do come across feeling that way, I hope that they come back and the next time they feel like, oh, man, he did get better. You mentioned that you're getting more into true crime recently. You know, this is this is a hot button topic for a lot of people. Why have you uh, chosen to go down that road? Um, True crime is something that I've always had like a small section on my channel that I've done, but I've just... I just want to help people. You know, I feel like I have a platform and if I can help people more than just, you know, helping them fall asleep at night or helping them with their anxiety or whatever else it may be that they use my, my content for, I want to be able to make some sort of difference. And whether that's, you know, bringing somebody's story to life or in front of an audience that might not have heard it before, um, maybe generating a tip for some sort of local law enforcement, just anything that I can do to, you know, do something more than just making YouTube videos, you know? Well, I got to tell you, because a, a number of months ago, and I, I'm just bringing up the conversation that we were having on Instagram, you know, back in September, my friend, as as I tell my audience, I literally listen to you every night before I go to bed. But back in September, around the 9th, I actually had to shut you off at night. And I sent you a message about this. And unfortunately, we never had the uh, the opportunity to speak about it because you're so busy and I'm so busy. But I figure now is a good time to actually tell you what happened. Let's go for it. Well, when I would go to bed, I would listen to your stories and your stories ended up becoming my dreams where I was actually living your stories as they went on. And this started uh, with me. And then it started in that same week, started happening to my partner. And both her and I were having your stories at night in dream state come to life. Wow. 
And I don't know what caused this. It doesn't matter what you were talking about, whether it was about Bigfoot or Dogman or Wendigos or aliens or ghosts or, or you know, Forest Ranger spooky stories. It was all coming true, like very lucid type dreaming. And it got to the point where it was getting so real that I wasn't sleeping at night because, dude, I would wake up in the middle of the night. And, you, you know, when, when, you, when you wake up in the middle of the night, a lot of times you go to the bathroom or you go grab a drink of water and you come back to bed and you fall back asleep and you don't go back into that next dream. We, it was like, wake up from the dream, go right in, you know, go to the bathroom or, or sit up because you're freaked out or go grab a drink of water, come right back in, fall asleep again, and go right back to that dream where it left off. Wow, that's, that's bizarre. I don't even know what I would do if I experienced that. Well, unfortunately, I had to turn you off for a couple of weeks there in order to in order to try and get some sanity back into my sleep. But God's honest truth, man, it, it started to freak me out. And then when I found out it was happening to my partner as well, that was even more creepy at, at that as well. Because, I mean, I've got the, the speaker going on my side of the bed, and it, here we are both listening, and we're both... We weren't in each other's dreams, okay? We were having separate dreams, but both of them coming to life, like, lucidly for us. Wow. That's so interesting, especially that you both were experiencing it, like, simultaneously. That's uh, that's that's hard. That's a hard one to explain. Oh, dude, I don't know how to explain it. I really don't know how to explain it. I mean, it, it was just, it was... To this day, man, like we're we're three months past. I don't know what what to to make of it. It was just completely odd. Never had that happen before. Um. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I could think is maybe it was a maybe more stressful time in your life potentially. No. I don't know. Life is good, man. A month later, I saw Sasquatch in the forest. Life was good. Shoot. I don't know. Got to blame Sasquatch, though. No, I'm blaming you. I, I'm 100% blaming you for, for freaking me out. You know, that's just the way it is. You know, you don't get a, you don't get off scot-free like that for nothing, my friend. I tried. <laughs> have, have you ever had anybody else come up to you and say, man, your stories have hit me like a, like a, like a book across the head? Um, probably it's, uh, honestly, a lot of it like runs to a blur. Cause I feel like, you know, like I've seen so many people say the same thing. It's hard to remember like the specific times people have said them, but, um, honestly, yeah. Um, personally me, me myself, I, I'm like a rock, so I have not had these issues. Luckily I kind of just like, when I go to bed, it's like I'm dead to the world and uh, I wake up the next morning and it's just like, Whoa, what happened? Whether you're buying benches, bread makers, or bottles of bubble bath, paying for business expenses with an Amex Blue Business Cash Card can be rewarding. 
You'll earn 2% cash back as a statement credit on your first $50,000 in purchases per year and 1% after that. So you get rewarded for getting what you need for your business. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash business cash. Amex Blue Business Cash. Built for business by American Express. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, I don't uh, really profess having what happened to me and my partner to happen to anybody else because it honestly dude it was freaking creepy it was freaking creepy and and you know i mean live literally living the dream and getting chased by swamp dweller monsters in the middle of the night yeah i guess that's better than being chased by me in the middle of the night well i don't know i don't know you do have nice hair i will say that (laughs) you do have a great head of hair and i i don't anymore so I, I'm living vicariously through your hair. Well, we all are at this point, Dave. <laughs> We've got about just over 90 seconds to go before we have to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. Mr. Swamp Dweller is here with us tonight. I want to ask you before we go to break, outside of true crime, what's your favorite monsters? When when you get those emails from people coming in, telling you their stories, what what emails do you look forward to? Personally, I love I love the not deer ones right now. I'm just fascinated with this trend of mutant deer type creatures. You know, um, whether there's I guess skimwalkers, wendigos, not deer, tall deer, whatever you want to call them these days. I'm just always fascinated with these seeming they seem like forest spirits to me, and I've just always been very into that type of idea that you can run out there in the woods and suddenly there's this creature that looks like something we know but it's not at all acting like that thing we know and uh there's just something creepy and familiar about it that i like i don't blame you i don't blame you in the meantime i woke up on sunday morning to watch two giant buck deer locking antlers in the snow at my house i know you don't know what snow is that's the white stuff that falls on the ground being in florida where you are i mean with with the swamps i'm not sure your understanding of snow yeah, yeah, the stuff from Columbia, yeah. <laughs> sure, coming in on submarines near your closest water park. Absolutely, absolutely. No, but uh, in regards to the not deer and, and the more weird stuff, you know, are those stories harder to believe than your traditional Bigfoot or Dogman stories? Depending on, like the specifics around them but I, I don't think they're harder to believe i think they're more like with with things like chronic wasting disease out there and all these other strange things you see naturally that are occurring with deer it's not too far fetched to say that somebody might you know be misidentifying something right swamp dweller i'm gonna get you to hold on right there we are going to come back for the second half hour as we enter the swamp our resident swamp dweller joins us we're gonna get into some spooky creepy christmas stories when we return on Spaced Out Radio. Stay tuned.
All right, we are clear. Great. Yeah, good start. Hey, I know we got a bunch of your fans in our chat room and listening on in. Uh, I just want to, this may be their first time tuning us in. Uh, the reason why we do go to break is we aren't a podcast. We aren't a, a YouTube show. We're kind of a hybrid between everything, including uh, terrestrial radio, which we have to time out our segments for. So you get to hear the background of what we're talking about, what we're doing here uh, behind the scenes each and every night. And, um, it's really appreciative that, uh, you understand because a lot of people will be like, what's with them stupid breaks at the bottom and top of the hour? Well, we kind of have to, so that way we can uh, distribute this show on radio. So, uh, we do appreciate, uh, your understanding of that. And, uh, like with Swamp Dweller, if you haven't yet, do us a favor, hit subscribe, ring that bell. Uh, we are here seven days a week for your listening entertainment and uh, we really do appreciate each and every one of you coming on in and hanging on out with us. So, uh, yeah, you get the behind-the-scenes uh, look here. Uh, Mr. Swampy, how you doing, buddy? Not too bad, just, uh, you know, cruising. You're a man of many words. <laughs> some days, some days. I've just been uh, talking a lot the past few days, so my, my throat's kind of like, please stop. How's the uh, live streaming going on Twitch for you? Um, I haven't been doing it recently. Um, just been having PC issues too. It's like it's like if it's not one thing, it's another for me too. <laughs> like on the back end of things too, it's always something breaking. So I'm just like, oh crap. Oh, I had to go buy a new computer a couple months ago. Yeah, this one's brand new, and that's why I'm so sad about it. I'm like, ah, oh, spend all that money, and now I got to go and spend all that money again. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, I, I know that feeling. I know that feeling. I, I'll tell you, the salespeople at at uh, at uh, Staples saw me coming, man. Holy cow. They saw you come in. They're like, ching, let's they're like, go. Open up your wallet, fathead, great guy, you know. <laughs> they're about to run your pockets. That's what oh, they're about to do. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It's not robbery, but it feels like it. Oh, you know what the worst part about it was is I waited like so I go into Best Buy uh, in my old hometown. I go into Best Buy and this young kid comes in. He couldn't, you know, by counting the zits on his face, he couldn't have been more than 16, maybe 17. And. And brilliant kid when it comes to computers. And I, and I always try to explain, look, number one, I'm not a computer guy. I don't understand. Number two, th this is what I do for a living. You know, I'm a radio show host. I'm a podcaster, YouTuber. Um, with my radio show, this computer will be running my radio side, my podcast side of everything. I just need speed. That's all I need. Don't need anything else. Just give me speed. Give me fast. And he kept going back to, well, for gaming, this is computer is going to be absolutely great for your video and, uh, and uh, the pixelation and all that. I said, I don't care. I said, what part of my language are you not, are you not listening? You know, I said, I don't speak your computer language. It's like going into a coffee shop at Starbucks and you hear all those people ordering Weird drinks that uh, are from a different planet. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm the same way, though. Like, I don't know a ton about computers. I know, like, the basic 
but like when it comes to like all the specifics i'm just like i applied my brain to other things in life and this is not one of those things <laughs> so that i get lost i feel like it's chinese uh oh i hear you man i hear you uh steve franchise we don't have a bc station just yet so you'll have to uh listen in on spotify or uh itunes or iHeartRadio or youtube or or whatever that's where you'll have to listen yeah hard to believe i can't find a radio station to broadcast this show in bc working on it working on it Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. but yeah yeah that's pretty much it pretty much it we've got about uh 45 seconds here hi jazzy small how you doing we got to watch out for that alien campaign to keep spaced out radio out of uh, BC. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Hey, you want some snow? I got a bunch in my yard right now. It's snowing right now. I'll take some snow. It'll probably melt the moment it gets here, but. We'll put it on some dry ice. How about that? Works for me. Oh, yeah, man. Come on up and uh, we'll get you uh, into our Sasquatch area. Mm. I want to say big, Bigfoot don't want me around. Big thank you to Mike Atlantis and T2E for the super chats tonight. It's a great way to support what we do here on this show. Here comes the second half hour. Space Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. We're heading to the swamp once again. Our resident swamp dweller joining us for Spooky Story Night here on the big show. Now, you're probably used to tuning us in and hearing every third hour of this show kicked off by the swamp dweller. Well, tonight he is live with us. Thank you so much swampy for joining us. Thanks for having me, Dave. Glad to be here. All right. It's Christmas time. My friend, you got some good stories for us. I know you wanted to bring some spookiness to this. Oh, definitely. Especially after, uh, what I've been learning up in Alaska the past few weeks, cold areas, some spooky stuff going on around Christmas time. Oh, bring it, my friend. Bring it. All righty. Uh, recently, I put out this uh, pretty long, deep dive video on Alaskan, the Alaskan Triangle area, and I was fascinated to learn something I'd actually never heard of before, which is uh, it's a Black Pyramid in Alaska. Have you heard of this, Dave? I have. My friend Mike Ricksecker has gone looking for it. Whether you're buying benches, bread makers, or bottles of bubble bath, paying for business expenses with an Amex Blue Business Cash Card can be rewarding. 
You'll earn 2% cash back as a statement credit on your first $50,000 in purchases per year and 1% after that. So you get rewarded for getting what you need for your business. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash business cash. Amex Blue Business Cash. Built for business by American Express. With CheapCaribbean.com, you can get more food, more drinks, and more fun for less money on your all-inclusive beach vacation. Like bottomless margaritas? Yes, and... Going snorkeling whenever I want? Yes, and... Moonlight dance parties? Yes, and... Loaded fajita nachos? Yes, and... All the daiquiris I can drink. You can say yes and to everything when you take a next-level beach vacation at Barcella Resorts in Mexico in the Caribbean with CheapCaribbean.com. Um, first and foremost, what, what are your thoughts on this? You probably know more about it than I do. Honestly. Um, my understanding is that this is apparently allegedly supposed to be some sort of energy project with the government and it can like, uh, power like all of Canada and Alaska if it wanted to like with its output. Um, and it's, it supposedly was found by a woman that's not very, I guess, (laughs) accredited for her her work so that's as far as i know for the most part on this yeah you know what from what i've been able to hear on this is it's created some sort of portal or something in that area that has allowed weird monsters in ufos in people have been um going missing almost like the bermuda triangle in that area i mean there is a lot of strange things that are being seen around that and I know in talking to my good friend, author, uh, Mike Ricksecker, who is actually on the Alaskan Triangle television show uh, that uh, was uh, on uh, a couple seasons ago. I mean, he was saying, like, you go up there and it's just absolutely freaky because, you know, the terrain is intimidating. The animals are intimidating. Then when you throw in the military side and you throw in the uh, the spooky side of everything it just makes for uh, a real you know shiver going down your spine man oh yeah um w- one thing that I, that i found very interesting while doing my research for that topic was like the ley lines and the energy vortexes or the vial vortices and all that i'm like i was so fascinated when i was doing this i was like i gotta talk to dave because i know dave's the ufo guy and he's gonna make this make way more sense than i ever could um, what, 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 what is this? Like, what are your thoughts on the Ivan T. Sanderson thing with the, uh, ley lines and vortexes and such? Well, I never really believed in them until I moved up to where I live now. And apparently the ley lines of where I live are very attracted to spiritual people, to people who are ET and UFO contactees, to monsters like Bigfoot, Dogman in our area, Little People, which I think you need to do more stories on, by the way, is the Little People. Um, and other weird things that are that are being seen, man. There's a lot of hauntings around here. So I never really believed in it until I started seeing all the, the supernatural activity when I moved up here. That is for sure. I do believe there is something to it. Oh, definitely. It, it's there. There's just so much going on, and I think the fact that there is so much going on, whether it's wildlife, whether it's weather, 
um, you know, human intervention or some spooky uh, UFO paranormal stuff going on. I think there's a little bit of everything going on. And those areas seem to, to have these like very high amounts of energy, um, whether it be, you know, um, colonization, you know, killing lots of people or just like these areas that seem to be highly traveled that just have so many high amounts of missing people cases. It just, it's just interesting to me. I think there's more going on than, you know, is documented. Oh, for sure. So what have you been able to learn about this triangle in Alaska? Um, essentially I, I came away with a, the same, I came away with the same idea as I had when I came into the project, thinking that it was going to be, of course, like an eclectic bag of things that I just mentioned. Um, but the thing that I was, I think I, I've come with the most at the, it, there is definitely something more happening, whether this black pyramid exists or not, there's something strange. And I feel like somewhat almost hidden by that Alaskan tundra with, since it's like, essentially like what 93% unexplored it's just all untouched i feel like there's more out there whether it's uh, bigfoot whether alien bases or even government bases i feel like there's something going on cuz anytime you see these areas that have these high numbers of missing people's cases or you know missing airplanes and all these things that just go out of nowhere there's always a reason for it you know like the bermuda triangle and other places like that so i feel i feel like there's something more than they're letting on Oh, very true. Very true. I mean, some of the the aircraft that have been seen coming out of these triangle type areas, you know, which, you know, for most people, it's a massive, massive area. I mean, you have to wonder, is there a lot of supernatural stuff actually happening up in Alaska? Or is it just because the terrain and the weather are so unpredictable and so, like you said, you know, unchartered, that that's the reason why we look to say, well, that plane just vanished or, you know, that can't, that hunting uh, group just disappeared. I mean, what do you think that is? Um, I covered one. Uh, there's like a Cessna that went down with some high profile senators and stuff, and they never found it. And even though they've done like extensive searches so many times and they've never been able to figure it out, for me, I feel like it can, it, you, if you fall in a crevice and then snow and on top of snow and it's just gone all of a sudden, right? Or it falls into these waters and the waters are so rough, you know, it's just, I just feel like these things can be washed away so fast. It, it wouldn't, you would never know, even if it is something like a terrible accident. Um, and let alone, you know, add a UFO that comes in and, you know, zaps you out of existence or whatever else could have potentially happened there. Um, a very interesting one that I always think of when it comes to the whole UFO Alaska one is it was like a, I think it was like a Japanese airline cargo plane that was followed by like all these lights and like it kept getting closer and like maneuvering all around it and popping in and out and there's there's a lot of uh coverage on that one. Oh yeah. It's like a Boeing 747 yeah. or something like that. Japanese fairly Airlines uh, 1680. Yeah, yeah, it's very all fairly recent uh, it showed up on the radar and everything. That's 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 what why I feel like there's something more going on in that area and I always hear these stories of, you know, like ships coming out of the ocean and lights from the ocean. 
I feel like it all correlates to something. Maybe it is just the government, you know, testing crazy ships or whatever. But like, you know, there's nothing that we know about. Well, Alaska would be the place to hide it. And I have mentioned to a lot of the UFO people who have who I've said, you know, hey, you know, when you look at Area 51, it, it's become such a mainstream place for conspiracy theory that Alaska would be probably the next best area to try and hide some of these secret craft that might be being out there being tested. And the fact is, we'll never know unless, uh, you know, the alphabet agencies or the U.S. government actually tells us. But, I mean, it is crazy, man. What is what is truly going on up there? Definitely. And you have places like Portlock that essentially are is this a ghost town now because of, a, you know, basically Bigfoot, you know, ravaging this town for so long that they were like, all right, we're out of here. At least that's the story they tell people. Absolutely. So out of this triangle that you're hearing, are you hearing more UFOs? Or are you hearing more monsters or more disappearances like missing 411 type? I actually surprisingly found a lot more missing 411 type stuff. But when it comes to between aliens or like cryptids, I found a lot of Bigfoot stuff. There's a lot of Kushtaka stuff. Um, there, there's I didn't know there were this many variants of like Bigfoot in that one small area. You got like the Nantanak. Um, there's uh, the Tornets. There's uh, there's all kinds of interesting variations of essentially the same thing. And then obviously you put the Otter Man on top of it. You know you can't catch a break over there. Well, you know what I I've learned about it. Maybe you're hearing this too. Is that the more further north you go, these Sasquatch type creatures get massive massive like we're talking 15 to 20 feet tall and everything seems bigger up there whether it's the kodiak bears the grizzly bears the moose where in my area a giant moose is about a thousand twelve hundred pounds they can be an extra thousand pounds up north you know the wolves are bigger everything just seems to be bigger up there man and and deadlier i mean with a lot of these creatures that you're hearing about, are you hearing giant size differences too? Um, surprisingly, that's something I didn't notice. Um, they didn't. They seem to be big, but I feel like Bigfoot's kind of always big. But um, I, I, I'm not surprised because I mean, you have less competition. There's so much area to to, to be widespread across in a place like Alaska, and especially obviously Canada as well. Um, it just makes sense that they'd be bigger, right? Uh, I mean, I, I I expect like when you hear the Otter Man stuff, like that was surprised to hear that they're like, oh, they're like ten feet tall. I'm like, really? <laughs> That'd be terrifying. But um, yeah, I actually was surprised to not see them being massive, but I, I would expect them to be probably larger than your average your average Bigfoot that you'd maybe see in Alabama or Florida. Okay, you got to get into this Otter Man stuff. Um. Otterman or Kushtaka, I'm probably saying that wrong. Everybody's always just saying it wrong. But um, it's uh, it's it's basically like a shape-shifting creature, um, but normally seen like a, a bipedal-type otter, um, and normally they're very aggressive, and they will drag you to your doom, drown you, kill you, etc. Whether you're buying benches, bread makers, or bottles of bubble bath, paying for business expenses with an Amex Blue Business Cash Card can be rewarding. 
You'll earn 2% cash back as a statement credit on your first $50,000 in purchases per year and 1% after that. So you get rewarded for getting what you need for your business. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash business cash. Amex Blue Business Cash. Built for business by American Express. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And those are said to be in Alaska? Um, yes. Do they come through British Columbia? Um, I, I believe so. I think there's um, stories of them in that area. What would you call it? Western uh, Canada. Yeah, British Columbia. That's the province where I live, man. Because that's just another reason for Dave never to get on a ferry boat. So I appreciate, oh, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, people out there, you have to understand... The ocean is a dangerous place. It's a scary place. We're not meant to be in the ocean. That's why everything wants to kill you in there. You know. Oh no! Uh, what's scary about the the Kushtaka though is like they have like the cry. They're they're like their noises that they make are like the cries of babies, or, like screams of a woman, and like it'll lure you to like a river, and then it'll just like drag you in and uh, tear you to shreds and all that kind of stuff. It's from like the Yupik in Western Alaska. Um, and apparently there's sightings, you know, all the way into Canada, unfortunately for you, Dave. I'm right there. I am right there. Just a few hundred miles south. Uh, yeah, thanks, Swampy, uh, for not making <laughs> me want to go into the forest ever again. I appreciate that. Just avoid the rivers. It's fine. Well, yeah, you know, I've always, that's never really bothered me. Uh, you know, the rivers here, except for the Fraser, the Fraser River, which is the big river here, uh, and the most famous is, uh, is scary because you, you can't see a foot into the water. It's so murky. And, mm. then, and I then, think you're, you, I think you should be more worried about the moose, Dave. Uh, right now. Yes. Right now. Yes. The moose, the moose and the, uh, mountain lions is what I worry about right now. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, you don't want any mountain lions. Those things, uh, they're just angry. They're angry. Oh, I've been lucky. I've seen one once in my life, and I was like probably 100 to 200 yards away from it, and I just slowly backed away. Because it's like right when we were coming out of like the parking lot into the hiking trail, and it was like right there. And I was like, all right, we're just going to slowly back to the car and leave. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. Well, a couple years ago, I got growled at by one in my backyard. It was maybe 40, 50 feet away. I didn't even see it. I just heard it. Oh, man, that's terrifying. Yeah. And then uh, 2015, I saw one in my neighbor's yard lurking around his uh, storage uh, and garage. And then a few years later, I saw one uh, running across a road from us on a snowy uh, road. So uh, they're out there. They are out there. They are dangerous, you know. And, you know, when we think of big cats, there are so many different types of 
creatures that we go through. I mean, how come we never hear any stories of giant cats like, uh, you know, lions or tigers running around the U.S., you know, murdering people, considering that down there, a lot of people have let their uh, what used to be pets go into the wild, man. They're definitely few and far between, but I, I have read quite a few stories of like, you know, like animals getting loose or exotic pets running wild and alleged encounters with um, like the big black cats in the UK have been sent a few stories like that and uh, people seeing leopard type creatures in the, the southeast of America and stuff like that. But um, they're very few and far between and you think you'd see them more, but um, maybe we're just not looking in the right places. Well, you know what? I mean, I've heard the stories of tigers and and lions uh, being seen in the wilderness. You know, people out for a jog or people driving in their car and all of a sudden they'll see a tiger. And you know that's a former pet that's either escaped or been let go. I, I'm just surprised that, you know, one of these uh, giant cats hasn't come up on somebody like a hiker or a cyclist or even a, an ATV or an, and attacked them to kill them. I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, I've read a story of uh, somebody allegedly seeing a tiger when they were out mountain biking. And uh, honestly, I don't know. Those are like one of the top apex predators on the planet. I don't know what I would do if I saw that. I'd probably just lay down. All right, let's get back into the topic here of Christmas here, my friend. What is your favorite uh, spooky Christmas story? Probably the uh, one of the first, I think this might have been the first or second year I ever was on YouTube. I did a Christmas special, and it's like a Christmas tree killer. And uh, there's this family that goes out to a Christmas tree farm. Um, you know, it's, it's dark out. It's uh, They're looking for a nice tree. They have their axe. They're walking up and down the aisles. They find one they like that's more towards the back, and they start chopping it down. But um, suddenly, they, uh, they this man comes up on them, and he's acting like he's hurt, and he has, like, you know, look like dry blood on him or blood all over him. And uh, the family's like, oh, my gosh, uh, what happened? He says, uh, when I was chopping down my tree, I accidentally... Uh, you know, hit myself with the axe, uh, something along these lines. And um, the fan, he's asking for help. And while he's distracting them, there's another person behind them with a, a gun and he comes up on them and, you know, ties them up and all that. Um, essentially, he uh, assaults the mom in front of the family, uh, shoots the two kids. And uh, um, I guess somehow the dad escapes uh, with his life and they call the police and they eventually catch them, etc. And uh, that's just one that sticks out to me just because of how, like, brutal it was. And then there's a uh, – I found out that it was actually like a 100% legitimate story. And uh, when I read the newspaper clippings, I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> I was like, ha, Merry Christmas. No kidding. No kidding. Hey, I'm going to ask you, when, when you put up uh, – because you post your stories almost every day. How much research goes into one of those – 25 35 minute story clips that you do um they go up on a almost daily basis but most of the time the stories are vetted usually days to weeks ahead of time so i have uh i have already kind of gone into them and you know made sure things are legitimate if they're claimed to be legitimate and all that good stuff 
Um, but it could be anywhere between like, you know, a couple hours to a couple days of time into that particular aspect. Oh, my goodness. And you don't have a team. It's just you. When it comes to that part, yeah, for sure. Holy cow. Holy cow. I don't know how you do it, my friend. I don't know how you pump up that much content with with that much research just to, uh, you know, do that on a daily basis. Because I know the one thing that I learned about you uh, over time is uh, you're not a creepy pasta kind of guy. And you've never said you're, you're creepy pasta, which for people who want to know, creepy pasta is more uh, fake type stories that people just write out of their imagination. You're more about getting to the reality of the stories from your audience. So, I mean, th- that adds a lot more pressure to what you're doing than, say, some of the other channels out there. Yeah, definitely. Um, like, I, I, like I've said in the past, I've kind of dipped my toes in the creepypasta world, too. I kind of do a little bit of all of it. But at this point, I would say you could probably primarily put me into, like, like I don't really like being put into, like, a, particular thing like a true scary story thing but like i'm kind of like i I like the the word reality like because i feel like more of a reality channel i cover like the reality of what's happening you know this is what people are claiming is happening to them on top of things that are you know you know true and um can be verified no and i can understand that Uh, you know with two minutes to go here before we got to take a break here at the top of the hour swamp dweller is our guest tonight are there any, you know, stories that you have heard over the years, and I'm sure you've heard thousands of creatures where you're like, yeah, no, that's just, there's no way that's real. Um, there, there have been quite a few, like, what do you even call them? Like humunculus type sounding creatures where it's just like, they have like the head of this creature, the arm of that creature, the left leg of this creature. And you're just like, wait, that sounds absolutely ridiculous. Um, I'd probably say one that stands out is a couple months ago, somebody, uh, they claimed they, they saw a Gryffindor. What do you call those creatures? The, uh, I can't, I don't remember what they're the exact name for it, but it it just kind of threw me through a loop because I had to like Google it because I haven't seen that word in so long. I was like, Oh, (laughs) that's one of these things. It's like, it's got like a lion head and like a horse body and like wings. And I was like, Oh, um, I was like, all right, I don't know if we're going to put this one on the channel. Right. I mean, being the fact that you vet, I mean, you don't want your channel getting stupid, by the way. You know what I'm saying? You don't want, I mean, you want credibility to be there. Definitely. Normally, like, if I like the story, I'll share it, but I don't want it to, if if I feel, if I'm reading the story and I'm like, oh, wow, that was kind of dumb, I can imagine, like, what you, the listener, is going to feel, too. Right. And what is captivating, with 30 seconds to go, what is captivating your listeners right now? I would probably just say that they don't know what they're going to get. Every story is normally just like entirely different, even though it, it fits the theme. It can be, you know, a camping story. The next one might be, you know, some sort of paranormal story, etc. Yeah. Any good paranormal stories that you can share with us the next half hour? Oh, yeah, I've got plenty. Excellent. I can't wait. Mr. Swampy, I'm going to get you to hold on right there, my friend, because... We are going to go to break here at the top of the hour. When we return, more Swamp Dweller stories coming up for us. And, of course, we always got to get our update on the Hunters with a capital H. Spaced Out Radio with the Swamp Dweller continues 
and spooky stories is the topic for tonight. I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. This is a lot of fun every time we got the Swamp Dweller on this show. We'll be right back with more Spaced Out Radio in Hour 2. All right, we're clear, my friend. Great. <clears throat> uh, Slappy here would like to know, how do we submit a story? Um, you can send it in at swampdweller.net, or you can go to reddit at r slash the dark swamp. And um, when, if it, to be well written out, um, just as long as it's legible, I guess. I, I can do most of the work, but it's a, the worse it is, the longer it takes me to get to it. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, buddy, I'm going to put you on hold here because I'm going to step away for just a couple of seconds here. Uh, everybody just stay tuned. Uh, Swampy and I will be right back. Swampy, I'm just going to put you back in the green room. We'll be right back, guys.
right. I am back. Swampy, I just have got freaked out. Uh, I went outside to see how much more snow had fallen. And I see something move out of the corner of my eye. <clears throat> and my dog, Doug, who's the color of a cougar, starts walking towards me. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I just was talking cougar with Swamp Dweller. I'm like freaked out right now. Scared oh man. The hell out of me. It was my dog. Good old Doug. Good old Doug, yeah. Scared the Good daylights out of me. <laughs> that's, uh, I think that's, that's what I should answer for the captivating question. Recently, when I've been doing, I've been doing videos, I've been appearing on screen and my dog, he, he's like attached to my, to me so like both of my dogs are so like they're normally on my couch behind me and you're gonna see them kind of cuddling up under the the covers watching me do my thing and it's constantly all you see in the comments now is this the dog it's a dog what's that behind you swamp dweller (laughs) (laughs) perfect we got about 30 seconds to go here i want to say a big thank you to thomas t2e atlantis and mike for the amazing super chats tonight it's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show every night around here thank you so much for the love hey Tokeland. oh hey clam how you doing and yes i did have to change my pants penny van so now i'm all clean all right uh the super chat is a wonderful way to support what we do and don't forget you can also check out all of our swag by going to spacedoutradio.com and clicking on our store we got some really cool stuff there for you here comes our number two You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Haslock. Haslock is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. For the next hour, we're heading into the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller, who joins us usually... In the third hour of every show is actually here tonight as our guest talking about all things spooky and creepy around his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. And it's always a pleasure, Swampy, to have you back on the show. Glad to be here, Dave. All right, let, let's get to it. I mean, your, your favorite topic right now over the last few months has been these not deer. And explain to our audience what these are. So essentially, it's kind of a vague term, but it's more just kind of encompassing all these strange and weird variations you see of deer in all of these quote-unquote skimwalker encounters. So instead of just calling everything a skimwalker, I feel like this not-deer term kind of came into place to kind of 
help, you know, filter it out a bit and stop, you know, just using, you know, one term for everything. So a lot of times you'll see, you know, not deer, um, tall deer, um, off deer. It's just weird. There's all kinds of terms people are calling them, but essentially they're just, you know, these deer like creatures that people are running up on. And normally they're very uh, tall. They're bipedal. They have uh, decaying flesh. A lot of the time they uh, mimic voices. They, uh, they, they chase you down. A lot of times they have uh, bloody teeth or razor sharp fangs. Uh, that's about the gist of it. So what are some of these stories you've received about these creatures? A lot of them kind of seem to fit a format almost in a sense of like a lot of times it's people who are hiking or camping or, you know, of course, hunting. Um, they're, they're a lot of times one that I like that I just read the other day was this guy is sitting in his hunting blind. He's, he's been going to this spot uh, for years and years as a part of his hunting club. Um, there's an old timer that, that used to get big, uh, 10 point bucks here and, you know, swears by it, even though for the past couple of years, there's been no, nothing here, but small dough and whatnot. And he, he just feels like this year is going to be the year that he's going to catch this, you know, big 10 pointer that he's been looking for. And, uh, he gets up there bright and early. He's sitting up there and he notices a massive set of antlers show up. And as it gets closer and closer, he notices that there's something off about this deer. It's not quite walking normal. Whether you're buying benches, bread makers, or bottles of bubble bath, paying for business expenses with an Amex Blue Business Cash Card can be rewarding. You'll earn 2% cash back as a statement credit on your first $50,000 in purchases per year and 1% after that. So you get rewarded for getting what you need for your business. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash business cash. Amex Blue Business Cash. Built for business by American Express. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It looks like it's almost stumbling as if it was drunk or something like that, or if it just got hit by a car. If you've ever seen a deer kind of run off in that weird, awkward kind of like you know like oh my gosh i just got you know absolutely smashed um and he notices that um everything suddenly goes quiet there was plenty of noises plenty of birds you know all the beautiful sounds of the woods and now everything is absolutely silent um so he starts looking at this deer through the scope of his gun um trying to zoom in as much as he can to try to get more details of this thing and he notices that suddenly it snaps his head and seems to be looking straight at him this thing stands up all of a sudden on its hind legs and starts screeching like somewhere between like a demonic like screech from like a movie like The Conjuring and maybe like some sort of one like like a woman being murdered. And it starts running full sprint up this straight incline up this hill directly towards him screaming the entire time with its mouth opening wider and wider like it's going to rip off its hinges at any moment. And um, eventually these screams are turning into almost like demonic donkey noises. And uh, he, he takes a shot, hits this thing two or three times directly in the chest, and it falls. 
Um, he takes this moment to jump out of his his uh, thing to get to his ATV and try to get back to his truck and get out of there. He is tearing it down this trail, and this thing is suddenly back up and hauling right back after him. This thing somehow is basically catching up to him, grabbing at him, um, snatches the backpack off of his back. He, he luckily somehow gets into his truck and drives away. Um, but when he comes back weeks later with a bunch of people to come, you know, show this scene, he finds that everything looks completely normal. Nothing is torn up and his backpack is perfectly and nicely hung up right there at the bottom of his uh, hunter's blind. Oh, my goodness. How do you go back to yeah. that hunter's blind right after that? Honestly, I don't I, I would never go back there. You can keep the backpack. I don't <laughs> I don't no. care, man. It says no. No, I I would totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. It reminds me, did you ever hear that that hunting story of the Air Force pilot? I believe it actually happened down in Florida where he was sitting up in a in a deer blind waiting for some hogs that he had tried to bait in there and he the hogs come in start eating the corn on the on the ground and all of a sudden he as he's lining up through his scope he sees something out of the corner of his scope kind of move and he at first he thought it was another hunter who was sneaking up maybe wearing a ghillie suit and all of a sudden this giant sasquatch jumps out from behind the tree grabs the biggest hog whips the hog uh, up or grabs the biggest hog, whips it, uh, nailing the back of its head to a tree, killing it instantly, throws it over its shoulder, and it looks up at the blind to the to the hunter and roars at him and then walks off with the pig. But that wasn't the, just the scary part. The scary part was that there was another Sasquatch behind this guy in the tree, and it roared back. This hunter was in that tree for another six to eight hours before he finally had the courage to get down and get the hell out of there, and he's never been back there since. Oh, man. I wouldn't have waited six hours. <laughs> I would have been gone in six minutes, but <laughs> oh, that's terrifying. Oh, I, I couldn't imagine. Are there any stories that you have received over the years or more recently, because the recent ones are more easy to track, that have really put shivers down your spine? Oh, definitely. Um, there, There is one where somebody was hunting, just like we just talked about, and um, instead of it being a cryptid or a monster, as this guy is, he's he's walking down a hunting trail, uh, another, I, I don't know if you'd call them a hunter, but some other person um, drops out of a tree on top of this guy and like is trying to stab him and luckily he had a thick jacket because it was cold and it, and it was able to block the the knife and all that and i don't know that just gave me chills because it, it really does it really is people that is the monster that you have to be most worried about most of the time even out in nature oh very true very true i mean okay so let, let's turn the corner here because you also do pieces about missing people like david politis is missing 411 do you think a lot of these people that are going missing are going missing via other people? Or do you think that something nefarious or supernatural is happening? Oh, yeah, it's definitely a mix of both. I put out this really long Yosemite deep dive that covers basically every spooky thing that's ever happened in the park from whether it's paranormal or missing people. 
And it does seem like a lot of missing people cases could be, uh, especially in Yosemite, where that's the most missing people out of all parks. Um, you have you have like obviously you know Henry Lee Lucas or the Confession Killer he's known as. You've got the Yosemite Park Killer that was there. Um, you've you've just got so many different things. There's there was the freaking uh, the cult that was there where the the cult leader was linked to a lot of missing people. Golden State Killer was around the area. You know, you even got the Night Stalker. You know, it just there's definitely a good amount of those disappearances that can be linked to. Uh, you know, people doing nefarious and very uh, sinister things. But then there's obviously a lot of them like, like St- Stacey Aris and uh, uh, Michael Fissery and stuff like that who just go missing out of nowhere and it makes no sense. You know, they're, they're there and then they're not. So do you think they're being taken by UFOs, by cryptids, or are they walking into a different dimension and don't even know that they've left this timeline? And that's a hard one. Um Personally, I feel like what might be the most, like if I'm going to get, and I don't normally do this, but if I'm going to go out of left field at all, I would personally feel like it might be like interdimensional type things. Like maybe like falling into a portal or, or a gate or whatever you would call it. And you're going into a different timeline or whatever. Um, it just doesn't make any sense how like somebody can be there. You can go over the same area hundreds of times and just never find any trace of them. I don't know. It's almost like they went somewhere else. Uh, Dude, I am in the exact same category as what you are. I I really do believe that there is something serious going on. And, you know, I mean, you you hear these people in these stories, whether it's on your channel or whether it's through David Politis, where, you know, people are hearing their loved ones yelling for them and they can't see them. They can't hear them. Or, or they could hear them, but they can't see them. And yet they're on the same trail, allegedly maybe 15, 20 feet apart. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and the amount of times that people are sitting there waiting, say, per se, for five, ten minutes, and they come, and then like a group comes back, and suddenly they're gone, but their dog or their, their uh, other companion is still there, and then you never find any trace of them. It's just so it just makes no sense to me. There has to be something happening. Oh, I I agree with you. I totally agree with you. I I mean, I look at and and I've said this on this show a number of times. You know, I mean, you look at people who go missing even in in cities where, you know, I mean, we've all been out. You know, I'm going to I'm going to focus on the guys here for a second. We've all been out on that guy's night out where all of a sudden, you know, you got one buddy who's like, hey, I'm just going to duck down this alley and uh, go to the bathroom, you know, uh, and, you know, ducks in behind a, a garbage can. And the next thing you know, that person's gone. And they're only like 20, 30 feet away from you. And you haven't heard any any ruckus. You haven't heard any commotion. You haven't heard any any type of violence or or anything. They're just vanished. Like, where do these people go, man? Sometimes, you know, it makes sense that maybe they're falling into crevices and we're just not seeing it. But I just feel like that can't be that. This just happens too much for that to be the case every time. And, you know, it makes more sense when people, you know, you obviously bring up the argument that, you know, it could be wild animals sometimes, it could be this other times. And then, you know, you slowly start to forget about that, that strange itch in the back of your head. But I always come back to it. It's like some of these cases just seem like they up and just completely dissipate into thin air. 
I know. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I love your your stories on the Forest uh, Rangers. Uh, I believe, if I'm correct, you were a, for, uh, a Forest Ranger for a short period of time. But these stories that you get from Forest Rangers, man, these are just eerie. Absolutely eerie. What's a story that really sticks out in your mind? Um, a good story is the Ridley Creek Jane Doe one that I just recently did. Is just you know, just being a park ranger, you're you're, you're doing your normal rounds. And a park ranger is a very vague term. I think a lot of people don't understand is that like there are like a park ranger does so many different things, especially depending on like what type of park you're at. If you're at a national park, a state park, a provincial park, etc. Like it's it's it depends on where what location you're at, what the laws are, etc. So some like national park rangers normally will have will be carrying a gun or something like that, and a lot of other people will be doing some much more mundane things like cleaning up trash around the park. You're just going to your spots, cleaning up trash, making sure the campers have everything they need, and you come upon a dead body, and you can't identify this person, and you never identify this person. Um, that That's something that just kind of sticks out to my mind recently is just like on a conscience level. It's just more of like how can you – like I, I, I would wonder what type of psychological horror that holds on somebody, being somebody that's obviously never found a dead body. Um, and then never being able to bring the closure to the people who may be missing that person. But another good story is um, this park ranger locally recently actually claims they saw something that I've not really heard much about in my life, which is something like an alligator man um, in the Hillsboro State Park over not too terribly far from uh, where I shot some uh, documentaries a couple years ago. And uh, he was out there early in the morning opening up all the stuff ready for people to do like kayak rentals and stuff. And he claims he saw what looked to be like a six, maybe six and a half foot tall alligator walking on its hind legs. And it had a physique that was uh, similar to a man rather than a, an alligator as if it were just walking up on its hind legs. It said it looked more bipedal and humanoid. And uh, that that's had me thinking recently is uh, – what, what what's that about like are, is this like a lizard man type thing is this a reptilian type thing or are we now going to start having these crazy shape-shifting alligator man type things oh that's exactly what we need coming out of the swamp right there eh? that's exactly what yeah. we need i that's mean what that, it sounds like that's just crazy I mean uh, i i've heard of of strange things like that i mean connor flynn who's a, a Sasquatch investigator out in Florida. We got to get you and him together because he goes looking for all of this stuff down in the Everglades and in the swamps there. And, and he, I believe he brought up alligator man uh, and the story of alligator man here as well. A few months ago, I don't know if he's had an encounter with it, but I know he's heard about that story. Oh, definitely. I'd love to get together with Connor and do some fun stuff out there in the swamp the alligator man is something I've heard of before, but it's, you know, it's one of those things where like, one person claims to have seen it one time this, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. And it's not really like anything that's super revered, but like it's, it's there. And then suddenly now you get random things like, you know, 50 years later, they're like, Oh, this is what I saw. But 
it's it's hard to you know obviously know because there's not too much info behind it rather than somebody just saying hey I saw this one thing and uh eyewitness testimony is typically not the most reliable when it comes to trying to prove a case very true hey out of all the stories that you get are a lot of them from the past or are a lot of them very current Recently, I feel like they've been much more current, but I feel like it's kind of been 50-50 most, most years. Like, I get a lot of stuff that are older, but older in the sense of, like, I guess pre-2000s. Um, I get a lot of 80s stuff and a lot of 90s stuff, but I haven't gotten anything much older than that in quite a bit. Most of it seems to be, like, early 2000s to 2010s. Right. At this moment. Because it's hard to track down those stories that are older. It really is. And I and I think we we at times, uh, for, you know, forget that a lot of people uh, at times are, are afraid to come forward due to ridicule or people thinking they're screwy or, or whatever it may be. I mean, that has to be a, a hard one for a lot of uh, a lot of uh, people who come to you in order to give you a a good story. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, when it comes to like a cryptid encounter or a paranormal story, those ones I have to, I I have to approach more with a grain of salt because it's going to be harder to verify and and prove a lot of that type of stuff. But I, I love seeing those older ones too. I feel like those historical type, you know, encounters, especially like, um, pre eighties, like seventies, sixties, fifties, forties, like Bigfoot encounters fascinate me just because I feel like they really were chasing monsters back then. And these days you're seeing people chase more of, of facts. They want to know like, what is Bigfoot? Is Bigfoot a thing? And if Bigfoot is a thing, what, what exactly is it? Cause back then they were, their stories are always centered around like the biggest, like we have like the biggest footprint possible. This, this footprint was so big. You could fit a city inside of it. And it was just like, and now it's slowly, I feel like the, the footprints shrunk and Bigfoot became a bit more human in a sense and a bit more obtainable. And I feel like people were looking more for answers rather than a monster. But I just love those like historical ones. It just, it's just so interesting to see like what, like what the early signs of Bigfoot were and how they were coming to terms with, you know, what this creature was. I got to ask you with three minutes to go here. Okay. Uh, Sam White Owl. I ask you this every time you're on. Okay. I love this, this gentleman who's a cryptid hunter, a hunter with a capital H. And trust me, now every time I say Hunter, I say Hunter with a capital H now. Thank you to you, Swamp Dweller. Okay, but I got to ask, I mean, if this guy is real and telling you the truth about his stories, why hasn't he come out public about this hunting group? Because I'm telling you, his stories, I can sit there and listen to him for about, I think one of your, your recordings is like six to eight hours of his stories. And I could sit there and listen to the whole damn thing. I really can. Oh yeah. We just put out a 12 hour compilation of it a couple months ago. Um, honestly, I feel like it, it, it would make sense to not expose that as then it just kind of destroys the entire legacy and business that you yourself have been a part of for your whole life. 
And uh, I, I don't think his goal at all is to necessarily expose or, you know, I guess uh, bring public to what they're doing in specific. But I do think the goal is to definitely educate and bring more knowledge to these cryptids that most people probably would have never heard about. You know, most people probably live their whole lives hearing about Dogman or Bigfoot or the Skimwalker, maybe the Wendigo if they're feeling spicy. But uh, they probably never would have heard of an Amelituka or something like that. They probably never would have heard of uh, a Zabrak or anything like that. They probably would have never have known about these crazy uh, and very interesting uh, cryptid and folklores from all across the world if it wasn't for this series. And uh, I feel like that was the main goal more than anything. Um, and if it is real, you know, I guess we got more problems to worry about than a Son of part, I guess. I, I tell you, that series has me fully captivated and whatever it may be i I don't know i'm 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 believing it's real okay because i do think there are enough monsters out there to to uh have a private group and what i've learned through the whole ufo thing man is i don't discount anything anymore you can't you you really can't with all the cover-ups and and conspiracies that go around with it. But I got to tell you, man, I, I, he is captivating. He is interesting. Uh, and the, the, the descriptions that he uses scares the daylights out of me. And I keep listening and wanting more. I need more. We definitely have good news with that. Um, we, we got more cryptid hunter stuff coming, it's not going to be specifically from Sam, but it's going to be the same organization, and I've gotten in touch with uh, very interesting people, so we're going to be seeing a lot more content coming from that world. Son of a gun, you're keeping me on my t- heads and uh, toenails, man. I'm, I'm pumped right up for it. Pumped right up. Swampy, we got you for another half an hour here on Spaced Out Radio, where we're going to get into more monster talk with our resident swamp dweller. You go hit subscribe on his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash swamp dweller reads check it on out you won't be disappointed we continue from the swamp right after this on spaced out radio we are clear man goddamn sam white owl scares the shit out of me oh i love him love him good stuff I miss doing those stories. I miss reading them. I miss uh, I miss just uh, being excited when that letter comes in. I'm like, oh, snap, it's that time again. Oh, man. <clears throat> I want that job. I'm not going to lie. I want that job. You can have it. You can have it, Dave. Sounds very painful. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. A lot of broken ribs. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. If I was younger, I mean, talk about a dream job. What do you do for a living? Oh, I go hunt monsters. Yeah, right. <laughs> the 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 inner child of me would be super stoked, but oh, son of a gun, yeah. Oh yeah, a- absolutely, absolutely. I uh, it would just be a blast, just be a blast. So, are you all ready for Christmas, there, Swampy? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to. Uh... I'm I'm ready for New Year, honestly, because uh, holidays are always the most busy time of year for me. So I'm ready for for New Year to come, so I can relax and go and enjoy the nature. Because I'm gonna go spend some time out in my favorite nature areas across the country, and 
maybe hopefully after I'm recharged, I'll, I'll make my way to Las Vegas with uh, the spaced out crew. Oh yeah. We definitely need you there. We definitely need you there. And, uh, joining us for uh, that absolutely great event, our second annual fan party at the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas, uh, May 19th through 21st. And we got a lot of cool things planned, man. A lot of cool things planned. And, uh, you know, it's it's a little bit for everybody. You know, I don't want people thinking, well, it's in Vegas, so it's a big drunk fest or gambling fest. That's not it at all. It's, It's a centralized location for all of us to kind of get together and whether you're buying benches bread makers or bottles of bubble bath paying for business expenses with an amex blue business cash card can be rewarding you'll earn two percent cash back as a statement credit on your first fifty thousand dollars in purchases per year and one percent after that so you get rewarded for getting what you need for your business terms apply learn more at americanexpress.com slash business cash amex blue business cash built for business by american express Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And, uh, you know, um, and hang out and talk about the weird stuff that we love. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I've been meaning to do a Swamp Dweller meetup type thing. So maybe we'll we'll collab that or something and make it a a bigger thing. That'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah, if you want to do that, uh, I'd totally be game for that. Uh, We could... uh, simulcast it on uh on the youtube channels that would be cool yeah why not why not we'll have a good time it'll be fun we'll figure something out for sure i definitely want to uh try to make it out there at the very least oh a- absolutely we well if if that's something you want to do with your listeners i mean i have no problem with that whatsoever man no problem right, well, we'll, we'll come in and we'll win the ugly sweater contest well you, you gotta compete with uh Tim Senor and uh, Terry Hall, two big members of my team. We wear a lot of, uh, you know, 1980s uh, Bob Saget sweaters, you know, so. Questionable sweaters is what you're saying here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Questionable fashion choice. Definitely. Definitely. Middle of summer, and here they are in Bob Saget sweaters, looking like uh, Bill Cosby from the Cosby show back in the day when everybody had the sweaters on. To be fair, I wear like hoodies in uh, ninety degree weather in Florida year round, so I can't really talk yeah, but much. You're like a buck ten. You got no, you got no fat on you to like I do to keep you warm. I can understand that. Me, I wear uh, I, I wear hoodies in in the summertime just to keep the mosquitoes away. Honestly, that's entirely why I wear them. Just <laughs> just because like those mosquitoes are so bad, and I'm tired of like. I'm tired of just not – I'm just tired of being covered in bug bites all the time, to be honest. So I'm just like, man, I'm just going to be wearing my hoodie. I'm fine. And I wear the hoodie in the gym so other people don't feel bad, you know? Well, you know what? I've uh, 
Yeah. That's what I tell myself. That's what I'm trying to tell myself, too, as I uh, head back to the gym on Thursday. Just keep pushing, Dave. Just keep pushing. <laughs> you know? I'm going to keep going as long as you feel good, right? Well, yeah. My my body's debating again. Does this feel good? Does this feel necessary? You know, I'm like the soreness sucks, man. I tell you, but it's. I feel like you know, overall, it's it's normally worth it. Uh, hey, wait till you wait till you hit your late forties, man, and because I'll tell you right now, it sucks in your forties. The gym really sucks in your forties. Oh, I bet. I'm excited. I'm ready. Yeah, because you. I'm trying to make it to my nineties, man. You'll do it. I I have a feeling I'm capping out at 85, but that's okay. I still got 35 years to go. Hey, hold on one second here. Thank you to Thomas, T2E, Atlantis, and Mike for the super chats. We very much appreciate the love. If you want more information on Vegas, go to our website, spacedoutradio.com. Here we go, everyone. We pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate it. I want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with our good friend Swamp Dweller. You hear him usually here to kick off the third hour of every show here on Spaced Out Radio, Monday through Friday night. But tonight, he's our guest. Coming on in, talking all things creepy and strange and yes we say thank you to swamp dweller for coming on in you could go subscribe to his youtube channel at youtube.com forward slash swamp dweller reads where literally there are thousands of stories for you to choose from swampy appreciate you coming on back glad to be here dave it's an honor it's an honor to have you here you know you deal mostly in monsters okay and you know, we've talked a little bit about the not deer and the Wendigo and the skinwalkers, which are some of your favorites, but there's a traditional dogman and Bigfoot. What are some of these other creatures that you have learned from from people who've emailed you and said they've had some some absolutely weird encounters with creatures we've never heard of? One that's uh, recent that was sent in to me that I've never heard of before was uh, something called the Vermilion Monster or the Vermilion Lake Monster. And it's uh, it's kind of similar in description as a dogman, but apparently it lives within the water and comes out of the water. So it's like a water aquatic dogman type description, but its hands are almost like that of like a – like if you would imagine like the giant sloth's hands would be with these big curved – nail like claws and these webbed feet and uh that that was one that kind of threw me through a loop recently that was kind of creepy i I definitely want to try to learn more about this 
So what was the situation uh, around this creature? What happened there? So apparently these people were hiking around Lake Vermilion looking for a good spot to set up, not camp, but I guess like a set up a, their little setup for fishing. And they were going to try to catch some fish, you know, cook them up, have a good night and sleep under the stars. Um, they were doing that for quite some time. And apparently as it was starting to get dark, they noticed that there was a lot of splashy, heavy splashing noises and sounded like somebody was like, you know, either stomping or throwing like heavy rocks into the water. But they noticed it was coming from a distance to where like it was like more towards the center of the lake. So it wouldn't make any sense that anybody could do that out there because it would be deep um, and it would be way too far for anybody to throw rocks. Um, they happened to eventually notice that it almost like almost like those um those movies if you've seen like a, a a creature rising slowly from the muck or the swamp or the water this thing slowly starts climbing out of the water taller and taller and they notice that they thought it was like plants or something on top of this thing's head but they notice this this thing's hair it's like wiry it's like gray and beigeish it almost looks like uh matted um it's very patchy and it has like this uh this snout that's very uh, almost uh what's the word hyena like and uh it was snarling the entire time but they wanted to describe it almost like a smile and it was getting closer and the closer the closer it got once it got on land this they said the smile was getting bigger and bigger and it started almost making it was like a hyperventilating sound but almost like a laughter as well and it, it started getting closer and closer and the moment that it was probably about 100 feet away from them they just booked it back to their car Luckily, got inside and drove away. And as they drove away, they looked back, and in the uh, the the shine of their headlights, they could see this thing's eyes. It was like right on their tail, chasing them, and eventually disappeared. And they don't know how long it actually followed them. But uh, it sounds like something that's absolutely from a Goosebumps book. No kidding! Holy cow! I mean, those strands of hair. I mean, that almost sounds like a oh, like like a an animal with some sort of mange or something. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that it came from the middle of the lake, so you know it could either hold its breath for a long time or potentially even lives in the water either semi part of the time or maybe full time and can also go on land and be incredibly fast even with webbed feet and weird sloth-like claws. It's very interesting. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, getting out of the water because the water scares the daylights out of me. It really does. I'm not good with water. The land creatures that you are hearing of, you know, I mean, they are they are so, so profound if you just pay attention to what's going on. If we just focus on North America here for a second, but are there any any creatures, whether it's puckwudgies or gugway or, or green men, uh, green lizard men or anything like that that have caught your attention? Um, yeah, I mean, there, there, there have been a few, but the, the stories are few and far between for a lot of things when it comes in the realm of like little people or, or gugways and stuff like that. But I, they have come across, um, my channel a few times and they do catch my attention cause they seem to be a bit more aggressive and they usually seem to be a bit more nefarious with like, they, I don't know if they're territorial. I don't know if it's, they have bad intentions or if they just don't like people because of, you know, what we represent in the sense of danger or something like that. 
Um, but I don't, I don't know. It's uh, I feel like they're more aggressive and they, the stories are always more exciting because of that. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. I mean, a lot of these creatures, you know, when we hear or talk about Sasquatch, you know, especially Sasquatch, we tend to, uh, you know, at least on the West Coast here, learn more about them being very, you know, shy and very, very, uh, you know, dubious in their actions regarding, you know, getting the hell out of the way uh, as quickly as possible. But a lot of the creatures that you are dealing with that you're getting reports on, they seem a lot more violent, a lot more angry, you know, in order to try and, you know, rip someone's head off or, or chase people down, you know, is it territory where that's happening or is it something that, uh, that, uh, is just, you know, the situation of it all? I feel like it's almost situational. Um, there have been many cases where people send in stories and they stumble upon something and it almost seems like they surprise it. And instead of it being more aggressive in the sense of like, I'm trying to eat you or hunt you, it's more of like a defensive, like, oh, get away from me or I'm trying to get away from you. But there's also that overwhelming majority where it seems like these things are actively seeking people. Uh, you know, things that don't necessarily belong in the woods, let's say like a hunter or a camp or something that seems out of the ordinary. It almost seems territorial to the sense that most of the time when they seem super aggressive, especially when they're, you know, surrounding a camp, making noises, trying to lure you away, it almost seems like they don't like the pollution of what campers, you know, kind of bring. Um, and that is, that is essentially why these creatures are so aggressive in that manner. But I mean, they could also just be hunting because that is an easy, you know, source of prey. I got to ask you: Is it more campers or hunters that are experiencing things? I would just say outdoorsmen in general, because I, I feel like it's kind of the same. You could flip the coin and you'll get the same experiences from either walk of life, you know, whether it's hiking or hunting or, you know, whatever else you're doing out there, essentially everybody's seen or experienced something crazy. If they spend any, you know, considerable amount out, out, outdoors. I want to go to Jules question here for you. What makes a cryptid a monster? Um, I would just say, the unknown aspect of it, you know, uh, we fear nothing more than the unknown and what's unknown generally is categorized as a monster or the boogeyman. And I feel like the less we know about a particular cryptid, the more monstrous they typically are. Right now, with that being said, do monsters come in waves? Say, for instance, do you get a big wave of, of Wendigos and then a big wave of Bigfoot and then maybe a big wave of black-eyed children? How does it work? Definitely. There are waves, um, especially when it comes to pop culture. I guess, you know, like when that Antlers movie came out a couple months ago, there was a ton of, you know, uh, Skinwalker and Wendigo stories being sent in all of a sudden. But um it stays fairly consistent for a lot of those popular topics when it comes to like skinwalkers or Bigfoot or Dogman or something like that. Those ones always stay fairly consistent. And it seems almost year round. And a lot of the times, uh, like I said earlier, they're fairly recent, if not, you know, almost yesterday. Yeah, because I'm wondering, you know, somebody hears a story and all of a sudden it's almost like a trigger for more people to finally open up to you about 
about what they've seen. Definitely. It's de- there's definitely a bit of that. And then of course we have to, you know, recognize the placebo effect in the sense, you know, like, you know, somebody sees a horror movie and suddenly, you know, everything they see outside, you know, it could just be a normal deer, but suddenly it's, you know, it's uh it's a skinwalker. And I've been sent probably many dozens, if not hundreds of stories of where it's, you know, I was outside and I saw this deer and it was a skinwalker, you know, um, probably more times than I can count. So it's definitely a mixed bag of a little of, of all kinds of things. Do you? Uh, let's go to Sally's question here. Uh, I'll get to it here momentarily when I catch up in the uh, chat room. There it is. So, are cryptid extra dimensionals in physical form, in your opinion, Swamp? I feel like some of them definitely have to be, right? I mean, when you hear the description and the behavior and then the experiences that people have with some of these creatures that just seem to snap out of existence at, at, a, at literally just like a second's notice, um, it, it almost seems like they would have to be some sort of interdimensional, um, some sort of, you know, traveling being, right? Very true. Very true. I, I think they are. I think they are. I mean, uh, I learned from Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio, and, uh, you know, he has a theory that with Sasquatch, the reason why we only usually ever find one print is because they're walking in between dimensions. I mean, makes sense to me. Makes total sense to me. When's the last time you had a good black-eyed kid story? It's definitely been some time, but the last one that I remember being sent was probably at least eight, maybe 10 months ago. And it was a a couple hiking in the woods and these kids kind of come out of nowhere and they're very deep. I think this is Mount Shasta and very deep into the woods. And, um, they, they come out, they're asking for help. They say like, you know, one of the, the, the smaller brother has like a cut on his knee and uh, it's, it looks like it's bleeding, but the blood has been dried and it's been there for quite some time. So they assume that they've been walking for a while and uh, they uh, they keep asking to use the phone. But obviously there's not going to be any cell service out there. And uh, at the time, this was like the early 2000s, I want to say. And um, so like cell phones were very they were around, but they weren't what they are now. And uh, it, so the service was even more lackluster and uh, they just wouldn't let up, even though there's no service. They, for some reason, needed to go through this sort of routine of being given permission to use this phone so they could continue to do whatever they were doing, apparently. Um, eventually, once they finally relented and said, fine, you can see my phone. Um, they picked it up and apparently they dialed 911, um, put it to their face and the, the smallest boy started screaming and like his eyes went entirely black. And then the older brother just like completely disappears. And, uh, this freaks them out so much that they just completely, the, the two hikers start running and, uh, absolutely just leave these two boys in the middle of the woods. They don't even attempt to get their cell phone. They don't even care about it. And uh, they run all the way back down to the parking area and report it to the rangers and the officials. And when they go back up there, they find their phone and it's completely like burnt out. It looks like it like had some sort of uh, electrical fire or, or malfunction or something. And it's like melted and 
but but the creepy part is, is in the back of the phone where you would be holding it to your face is what looks like a small boy's handprint melted into it and they never found those boys again but they did notice that they had distinctly black eyes and uh that was a pretty creepy story that is totally creepy i a friend a good friend of this show jacob rice who's a paranormal investigator out of the state of washington he actually had a black-eyed kid uh, story happen to him where he was out with his dogs and he heard his dog barking at the fence. I'm paraphrasing the story here. And so he went up to the fence and saw this this teenage boy standing in front of the fence. And, and uh, you know, he lives out the, in, the, in the boonies there where, you know, they're in a rural area and you don't get a lot of foot traffic, let alone vehicle traffic driving by and this kid kept asking him for his phone and this is in the daylight and his dogs just kept growling at this kid which is not something normal that they do and Jacob was like well why don't you just give me the number and I'll put my phone on speaker rather than than putting my speaker through the fence and you know because thinking well this kid could run off with my phone and you know we'll call your mom or whatever but the kid was just insistent and then, so Jacob's like, well, you know, I, I'm not going to do that. And the kid just started walking away. Well, this kind of bugged Jacob a little bit. He goes back inside to check his security cameras. He sees his dog barking at the fence. He sees himself talking to somebody at the fence. But the boy is not on the other side on camera. Wow, that's 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 crazy. Oh, that would scare the daylights out of me. It's stories like that that make me want to get back into doing like a podcast to where I talk to people who have experiences like that. Because I just love hearing those types of stories and just being like mind blown by it. Right. I got to ask you, as we only got you for about another seven minutes here, you know, with all the darkness and the spookiness that you deal with, are you ever afraid of of hitchhikers or tulpas or anything coming to your doorway and, uh, you know, spooking you out or haunting you? Um, I guess I wouldn't say I'm afraid of it. Um, I'm mindful of it for sure. And I try to be respectful of those things, especially if they do come with, you know, certain sets of beliefs and, you know, there should be rules or respect that is, you know, paid due, but I'm not at all really living this life with fear uh it's way too short and you know i I could wake up i I might not wake up any day you know so i just uh preferably i'd rather not see any of these things but uh for the sense of experience and uh understanding um hopefully i i do get to experience every single one of these uh strange anomalies no what do you what would you the swamp dweller like to experience Um, personally, I would definitely like to experience extraterrestrials or interdimensional beings. Um, at least I guess in the sense that we understand whether you're buying benches, bread makers, or bottles of bubble bath, paying for business expenses with an Amex blue business cash card can be rewarding. 
You'll earn 2% cash back as a statement credit on your first $50,000 in purchases per year at 1% after that. So you get rewarded for getting what you need for your business. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash business cash. Amex Blue Business Cash. Built for business by American Express. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And then in that ET aspect to where we can make contact and understand another intellectual race outside of our own on another planet or, you know, plane or whatever. I feel like that would be the most valuable experience. And why, why the aliens? Is it because it's just so beyond? It solidifies the infinity of the universe to me. It solidifies that it's not just, say, a simulation or it's not just, I don't know, it's th- this aspect of life that we understand because it's what we can see on the internet or what we can wrap our minds around because of the society or culture we live in. Like meeting aliens or interdimensional beings would kind of solidify that there. this understanding we have of the universe, the solar system, etc., it, it's it is actually an understanding of that. And it's not just, Oh, we're, we're just alive because we just so happen to be here at a time that another rock hit another rock or whatever. Right. I want to ask you this as well, you know, in regards to experiences, you know, what have you seen? What, what have you experienced? I've, it's hard to say, but I've definitely experienced a lot of strange paranormal stuff. Um, shadow people uh definitely seen some demonic stuff in my time a lot of uh unexplained activity that in that end energy lots of energy um i've seen energy manifest in front of me and physically move things and physically become things um i i felt like the i have gone and i've been in a building hundreds of years old no air condition hundreds of degrees, sweating my absolute tail off, and then it suddenly is freezing cold. I've been in those types of situations. Um, I have been on back roads in Deep Woods, Tennessee, or Central Florida, where it's nothing but just fields and woods and swamps, and I've definitely seen the only thing I can describe as potentially a dogman or a werewolf. Um it's, I, I can't really tell you much more than it just was running, you know, across a field and this thing was massive and it just is a hulking shadow. And it could have been some guy in a suit, but considering that we're 45 miles in the middle of nowhere from the nearest real city and it's just, you know, cattle field everywhere, I I'm, was not very sure that's what I saw. And um, so I don't think I've ever seen Bigfoot, but I've definitely felt like I was in the presence of something that was much more human but not very human at the same time, then I guess I would have felt if I was being stalked by, say, something like a dog, man. Oh, no kidding. No kidding. I've never encountered a dog, man. I don't know if I want to. 
there's something about that dog man that just absolutely freaks me out. Absolutely freaks me out about that creature. You know, with two minutes to go here, my friend, before we have to say goodnight to you, you know, out of every story that you have done, is there any stories that you will not touch that you're like, you know what, I'm not going to go there. I, I just don't feel comfortable in doing that. Generally, I feel like the only stuff I try not to touch on is is like too much like sexual assault stuff or like stuff with children too much, mainly just because I just feel like it's not that's not something I'm personally interested in and it makes me uncomfortable. So I don't want to implement that and make like while it is a part of horror and true scary stuff, unfortunately, does involve that type of stuff. I try to minimize it if I can just. So I understand, like, as we're here to be scared, but at the same time, it's also an escape. Very true. And that's what we try and say around here. It is all about uh, being part of an escape and allowing people to to enjoy your programming, enjoy my programming for the sake of of being able to get away from, you know, everyday life where we are hammered from the time we get up until the time we go to bed. We are hammered and inundated with with news that is just not constructive to the best of, of, of humanity. So I, I really commend you on what you do in allowing people to escape, my friend. Definitely, and that's pretty much my main goal here is to hopefully be able to provide a daily escape for people to find a place for them to share their experiences, whether it's, you know, with some creepy people or something they can't quite explain without feeling ridiculed. They can, you know, be anonymous or share their name with the world. It's a, it's a fun community. And luckily everybody seems to be very accepting and very positive of uh, just about everything that's shared there. My friend, we got 20 seconds left. Uh, on behalf of all Spaced Out Radio listeners, I want to say thank you for everything that you do. You've helped us grow. You've helped us become bigger. You've promoted us. You know, we love it when we're able to to play the Swamp Dweller at the top of hour number three each and every show. You are a, a true friend of Spaced Out Radio. Merry Christmas to you and your family and all the best over the holidays. Thank you so much, Dave, and right back at you. All right, that's the Swamp Dweller. Now, coming up next in hour number three, since we just had Swamp Dweller for two hours and a bunch of stories, we're going to get straight to the cryptid report with the birthday boy, Super Duke, from World Bigfoot Radio. Stay tuned. Hour number three of the cryptid report comes up next. It's going to be good. Great job, Swampy. Great job. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dave. Always appreciate you, my friend. And, and uh, you know, I will, uh, yeah, if you want to team up in Vegas with your uh, followers and ours, I'm good with that, man. I'm good with that. I'll get a bigger room. Yeah, definitely. We'll we'll look into it now. I'll, I'll definitely get into uh, in touch with you very soon about that. Sounds good, my man. Sounds good. Uh, I will let you go for now. But I really appreciate you uh, coming on in for our fans, man. All right, definitely. Have a great show, Dave. All right, buddy. Take care. Uh, Grandizer, sorry, I just missed your question there. Uh, Swampy does believe uh, Ouija boards are real. He used to play with one. Uh, I'll be right back, guys. I'm just going to step out for a minute. Hi, the unknown. How you doing? (coughs) 
Hi, everyone. Hi, Sarah Yon. Welcome tonight. Oh, I didn't say Sarah. Siri. Oh, just, uh, how about, goodbye, Siri. Yeah, don't get me in trouble here. Why will that not turn off? Oh, my gosh. Stop. Why will my phone not stop? There we go. Oh, my goodness. Hi, I, Jedi. How you doing? And, uh, oh, the birthday boy is getting ready to come on here. Let's make sure we give uh, Super Duke a warm birthday welcome when he comes on because, you know, you're only, there's only one Super Duke out there, and we know who that is. Rainwood, welcome to SOR Chat. How are you? Thank you tonight to Sally with the natural hat trick of Super Chats. Thomas, T. Tui, Atlantis, and Mike, thank you very much for the love and support of Spaced Out Radio. Here we go with the third and final hour, guys. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight. In the SOR Space Travelers Club, what do you got for us, Clam? Haslock. Haslock is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Usually at this time we head to the swamp, but because we just had Swamp Dweller on for the first couple of hours as our guest tonight, we're going to switch it up a little bit. We got Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio coming on in. And Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio is on a natural high tonight. Why? Well, it's Super Duke's birthday today. He doesn't look a day over 40 years old, and we're glad to have him here. Super Duke, happy birthday on behalf of all of us at Spaced Out Radio and all of our listeners. You're a true friend of this show. You're a mentor of mine and many of our listeners out there. I hope you are having just a wonderful, wonderful day. I have energy right now because copy mug number two. Uh, wonderful day to find wonderfulness. I got to spend the whole day all by myself, and it's been really kind of boring and low-key, which for me is a really good thing. 
because normal days have way too much drama and horror. So it's nice to have kind of some time off. And my my evil slave driver boss even told me I could take half the day off until I had to be on your show. So that's uh, that was kind of nice of him. So, yeah, I've just been sitting around working on projects that I've been putting off for a long, long time, trying to get those finished today. And uh, putting off the rest of the breakdown on clip 405 that I'm dreading working on. But no, <laughs> no more PTSD today. Today I'm taking the day off. Well, a bunch of our audience members wishing you a big happy birthday here in our chat room. So, you know, Duke, you you are a very, very special person to this show. And, uh, you know, we've been doing this for a while. You've been a fan of this show for a long time. And uh, what you bring to us is is absolutely awesome, my friend. It's absolutely awesome. And uh, we're glad we could end your birthday uh, with us because you just mean a lot to us, my friend. I appreciate that, Dave. You know, we got a lot of crossover audience, too. There's a lot of people that are regulars on my channel that are regulars on your channel now and vice versa, which is really, really fun. So either of our shows are on the air. You got a lot of the same crowd hanging out in the chat room. They all know each other. They're all really nice, super amazing people. Many of them have their own encounters and stuff, too. And I wanted to uh, congratulate you, Dave, on even though I've been razzing you for a while about how I was going to get to 20,000 before you. And I did. Yes, it did. didn't take you very long to pass me up. And I anticipate that I will never be able to catch up to you at the rate you're going, because I'm only getting about 150 subs a month and you're blazing past me. Oh, so it's been let nice. me know how that next ledge looks when you get up there. It, I'm going to say that it's probably going to look like really steep in the same thing. <laughs> you know what? It has been absolutely nuts the last uh, week and a bit now. I mean, in the last 28 days, we've had 954 new subscribers. I, I mean, wow. I mean, now for a lot of people who watch YouTube, who, uh, you know, they see the channels like Mr. Beast or PewDiePie or Chris Ramsey or DL Mighty or, or whoever who are getting like a thousand new subscribers plus a day, you know, I mean, they, they, a lot of people focus on the big channels when the majority of us out there are, you know, hey, we're happy if we get, you know, two, three hundred subscribers a month. You know, I mean, that's that's a decent and month about, for us. Yeah, that's for damn sure. You know, I mean, I was frozen at 17,000 for three years. I didn't gain one damn subscriber <clears throat> mysteriously. So it's nice when you can get any new subscribers to show up. And it's all about your engagement rate, too. I was watching a channel I've been watching for years the other day. They got 164,000 subs. And their live stream, they didn't have any more people in their chat room than what I usually get on my pitiful little 20,000 sub channel. See, channels like that, I wonder if they bought followers. I always wonder about that. No, they used to be a lot more active than they are now. They're just being suppressed to hell, so nobody can find them anymore. Right, right. Well, I can tell you this on our statistics as of right now live, we are up 770 subscribers in December alone. Nice. And that's 13 days in. That's a 417% increase from the final 10 days of November. Nice. So I don't know what we're doing different, but people are starting to tune in and catch on and feel very well, Yeah, quick, figure it out, bottle it, and I'll buy some from you. <laughs> uh, by the way, Christine is asking in the chat room, sing happy birthday to Duke, Dave. I did earlier, just for the record. He did. 
And for the record, Dave is the only talk show host on earth that actually called me today just to sing happy birthday to me. I did. That's what a nice guy Dave is. That's why I keep doing a show all the time, because Dave's a nice guy. I appreciate that, man. Some people out there in the UFO world wouldn't believe you, but uh, apparently... I No, it's true. Well, there's a lot of people in the Bigfoot world that'll tell you that I'm just a total... <laughs> cannot be said live on air. So, you know, it all depends on your interaction with someone, if they like you or not. Well, let's uh, let's get under the love in and let's get into the the cryptids because that's what we have you here for. To, normally, you come in with with a bunch of stories that you wanna you wanna share with us, and you have a real creepy one that you're trying to figure out right now. No, I got a bunch of creepy ones. I'm always trying to figure out. This one is interesting. Uh, I thought I'd bring this one up because first of all, it happened right here in Montana, and secondly, it closely parallels one of my experiences here in Montana. And uh, I can't remember exactly when this other story happened. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and tell mine first. And mine was back about four years ago. And I was with my research partner, Michael. And he had his wife and all of his kids with him, which means we had like four kids there, including one that was four months old. There was a little papoose carrier that mom had on her. And we were going to go walk around the spooky ghost town of Coloma in December. Lots of snow up there in December. Well, we didn't get that much snow that year, so we managed to actually find the gate open so you could go up the road, hadn't been plowed, to the top of the mountain to where the deserted ghost town was, if you could make it there. Well, four-wheel drives and snowmobiles were definitely making it there, but we didn't see more than one wheel track going up there. The rest of it was all snowmobiles, so I, had, I was kind of dubious to start with. And then we're in an Isuzu Axiom with bald tires. This made me more dubious. But I figured Mike knew what he was doing. We got up there all right. And we went walking all around there. And it was really deep snow and kind of spooky and really deserted, <laughs> really deserted. We were wading through snow up to our waist in a couple places. We looked like a friggin' mountaineering team from Mount Everest. We're like filming ourselves going up this, you know, 45, 50. Whether you're buying benches, bread makers, or bottles of bubble bath, paying for business expenses with an Amex Blue Business Cash Card can be rewarding. You'll earn 2% cash back as a statement credit on your first $50,000 in purchases per year and 1% after that. So you get rewarded for getting what you need for your business. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash business cash. Amex Blue Business Cash. Built for business by American Express. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 50 degree slope wading through waist deep snow and i'm like mike why are we doing this again <laughs> so anyway we finally got back over the ridge went back down to the shack where the rest of the family had been waiting for us to get back and finish reconnoitering that area and walked through our thankfully we had already made a trail there to get up there trail to go back down to the vehicle again all was well then when we tried to get the vehicle out it got stuck instantly it slid sideways into the ditch no way to get it out. We tried and tried and tried every trick we could think. Finally, <clears throat> wife, kids, and Mike 
uh, versus me. And I went, okay, you guys stay here with the vehicle and I will go get help. It's only seven miles down the mountain to the nearest road. I'll make it. <laughs> this is going to hurt. So I had my cane with me and I took off. It was about an hour before dark. And as I'm going down the mountain, it's getting darker and darker. And I don't have a gun. And it's getting darker and I don't have a flashlight. No, it's getting pretty dark. But there's some stars so I can see where the road is. So that's helpful. I'm going down the road in the dark and there's all kinds of snow. Then I start hearing something above me on my left-hand side following me. Uh-oh. And being Bigfoot researcher, I know that they will try and step at the same time that you step to cover up the sound of them stepping. So the best way to catch them doing it is to just keep walking in a regular cadence and then all of a sudden half-step and don't step again. Just stop dead. And I did that, and sure enough, I heard crunch. Whatever it was, took that one extra step that I didn't take. Huh, put my foot down, walked a little ways further, about another hundred yards or so, did the same thing. Heard crunch, crunch. Like, yep, definitely being paralleled. I'd be willing to bet since it's December that that's a Sasquatch, not a a grizzly bear or anything like that. And uh, as long as he's following me down the mountain, he's probably just keeping an eye on me to make sure that I don't do something stupid like walk off a cliff or something like that. The ones from up here know me. I've been up here a bunch of times. He's probably just keeping an eye on me. So rather than being freaked out by it, I was, it kind of like made me feel good. Oh, I got somebody with me, you know, even though they're not walking next to me or something, they're walking with me. There are mountain lions out in the winter. So having a big Sasquatch falling around means mountain lions aren't going to be showing up. So that made me feel better too, but it was still kind of creepy. And I could, I could sense that energy from up there and he's watching me the whole time and this went on for about another half an hour and finally i heard noises coming down the road and here came three snowmobiles so i stuck out my thumb to hitch a ride and uh when they pulled over i found out from them that they had just been up on top of the mountain and helped mike and the family get the vehicle unstuck three times in order to get it turned around and get it going back down the hill again and made sure they were actually going down the hill before they took off. So they were kind of expecting they might run into me, and they picked me up and gave me a ride the rest of the way down. So all's well that ends well there. After I was down at the bottom with them for about another half an hour, finally Mike made it down with the Axiom, and we all escaped happily. So north of me is Glacier Park. Glacier Park has one of the most scenic spots, the Going to the Sun Road, where you go over Logan's Pass, and it's incredibly scenic and way up there and all that good stuff. So this young guy is like, I guess about 15 at the time, is lives over there. He's heading back home. He gets right to the top of Logan's Pass and his alternator on his truck gives out. And it's not, it's night. <laughs> There's nobody up there driving around at night. They go up there during the day because they want to see the sights and it's like scary, dangerous driving anyway. So they're you know, people not driving around up there at night generally. So he goes, oh, God, I'm going to have to walk all the way down the pass to get help. So he starts out, and sure enough, just like what happened to me, he picks up something following him, and he keeps hearing it. Now, it's light enough that he can actually occasionally catch a glimpse of this huge black shadow following him. And this keeps going on for a while, and then finally he gets so panicked, he decides he's going to run, and he takes off running down this road as fast as he can for as long as he can go until he gets a stitch in his side and he can't run anymore. And then he, you know, kind of keels over for a minute, gets his breath, decides to just continue jogging 
at a more reasonable speed that he can maintain and try and get away from this thing. And no sooner does he start up again, than he sees it ahead of him on the side of the road in the bushes watching him. So he decides that whatever this big predator is, he's going to scare it away from him. So it quits following him. So as he goes past, he yells at it Aah! as loud as he can. And then he picks up speed a little bit and he kind of turns his head back to make sure it's not following him. And then he hits the guardrail and goes over it. And this is like a three or 400 foot cliff. That's a whap. Next thing you know, he's hitting a teeny ledge with two bushes sticking out of it that stops his fall, knocks the wind out of him. He finally gets his wind back and he realizes he's basically at the, the stuck on a cliff. There's no way down. If he falls off, he's dead. He's got to try and get back up to where the guardrail is about 15, 20 feet above him. And from what he can see, there doesn't look like any way he can do that. Then whatever it was that was following him sticks its head over the top of the guardrail and looks at him. And for a second, he's afraid it's going to try and climb down and get him. And then it just pulls its head back again. And he hears some movement. And it sticks its head over and looks at him again. And again, he has this fear that it's going to come get him or something. And then it pulls its head back again. Then he hears like rocks being moved around. Well, then there's no more noise or anything and it isn't looking at him anymore. And he clings to the side of this cliff all night long. And he starts realizing that no one's going to see him there. There's no place from anywhere around there where anybody can see him on the side of that cliff. So unless he can actually scream loud enough for somebody going by in a car to hear him down there, he is completely screwed because he's in enough time to scrutinize it by now to realize he can't climb up there by himself. So he's waiting and waiting and waiting. And as the sun's coming up, he hears a vehicle coming up the pass. And he's thinking to himself, okay, good. They're probably coming up here for sunrise. They want to see the sunrise on the pass. Somebody's coming up. Maybe they got their windows open. I'll save all my energy. And when they get close enough, I'll scream for help. And he's really kind of surprised when he realizes that the vehicle is slowing down as it's coming to the spot where he's at. And finally comes to a complete stop right above where he's at. And when he hears the door open, he screams for help with all of his lungs. And within a couple seconds, he sees the head of a forestry park ranger over the edge of the guardrail looking down at him. And uh, reassures him to just hang on, we'll get you help here right away. And he says within 20 minutes, they had two mountaineers there um, uh, rappelling down to him and putting him in a harness and dragging him back up again. And when he got back up there, he said, you know, thank God you heard me and you stopped. And he goes, well, I couldn't go any further. There was these big boulders in the road here. And how did those boulders get there? Uh-huh. It had been that goofy guy that kept looking over the top at him. <laughs> oh, this dumb human ran off the cliff. I better make sure somebody stops and helps them. I'll just pause the boulders in the road. They can't get through them, and they'll have to stop. My goodness. My goodness. Could you imagine? Yes. <laughs> well, I know you could. I know you could. I've been in that situation before, not with a Sasquatch watching me, but I, I got stuck. I was free climbing on a cliff over in uh, Wisconsin, and it was in a narrow canyon, and you couldn't see the sky up above you, and they hadn't been predicting any rain or anything. So we weren't expecting any fall conditions. And one of those freak thunderstorms came over, while we were in the canyon, we were climbing up, and I was about 80 feet up, and it was one of these splits in the rock 
that comes together at a right angle and there's a crack in there. So you can stick your fingers and your toes in there and work your way up that split in the rock. So I'm getting up toward the top of it and all of a sudden this black cloud comes over and just lets fly. So guess where I am? I'm in the chute that's now like a downpour river (laughs) pouring down on me trying to wash me out of this crack, which was bad enough. So I'm wedging my fingers and toes in for all I'm worth, trying to keep from being washed off the face of this cliff and falling 80 feet to the nice jagged boulders below me. No, there's no dirt or anything. It's all jagged boulders. And then it picks up even more. It's like a gusher. And I have an additional problem that I can't breathe because there's so much water coming down. If I hold my head straight up like that, I would have drowned. I had to like tuck in as close as I could and put my head as close as I could down to my chest and try and breathe like from underneath my face because everything else was like buckets coming down on you. And that went on for about 15 or 20 minutes. And then as it started to abate, I'm like, okay, now I'm exhausted. Am I going to try and climb down this wet thing or am I going to go the additional 15, 20 feet up to the top of this wet thing and hopefully, (laughs) hopefully make it up there? Well, I decided to go up because I was getting really tired. And then the, the second problem came when I got the last 12 feet or so. At the top of this thing, it wasn't open. There was an overhanging rock. So you couldn't just go right to the top. You had to reach out and grab the edge of this rock, which is like about that far away for the people at the studio looking, and then let go with your other hand, swing back with your one arm holding you and grab on with the other hand, before you fell a hundred feet onto the rocks and then you have to be able to do a pull up <laughs> and push yourself over the top of it. And it's wet now, remember? So yeah, I've been in really bad situations. before. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going there. I am not going there. <clears throat> that's just, that's just eerie. It's just eerie. You know, it's amazing how smooth a hillside looks looking down. But when you are in that hillside and you look up, it's amazing how much different it looks. Yeah, and this was completely vertical. It was a shoot, a shoot in the rock. There was no slope whatsoever. If anything, it was going like that, not straight up. So, <laughs> yeah, that was creepy. That was the that was our practice spot for extreme mountaineering because you can do all the same things. It's just a limited area. You can't do anything more than like 100 feet because that's as high as it gets on any of the things they had there. But the next time I went to that spot and it wasn't raining, me and my brother, who was in the Marine Corps, both climbed up that thing. He got to the top first and went over the top. And there was somebody up there and they went, where did you come from? And I could hear him going from right here because I'm like under the rock below him. And the guy leans over the rock and looks and he goes, there's nothing down there. And he goes, yeah, my brother's down there. Get out of the way. He's coming up. And then I go, my hand goes up right in between his two feet. And he steps back, my other hand comes up, and I, you know, pull myself over the edge, and he's looking down again. There's nothing down there. Where did you guys come from? Well, what we didn't realize is that the university had their actual mountaineering team right around the corner from us with all the ropes and the pitons and the safety equipment and stuff practicing on a different face than we were on. And, like, we're just free climbing it. No, we're doing the insane free climbing. <laughs> we don't use any equipment. No, just just go for it. Bare-knuckled. Yeah. You're never going to be able to catch Bigfoot if you have to stop and keep putting equipment in the mountain all the time. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> is this, as we got about 90 seconds to go, is this one of the more dangerous spots where you've gone looking for the creature? 
Which one? The one you were just talking about. Oh, well, that area, no, that was all just climbing fun area. They are there. I was there in the winter walking around looking for them one time, too. And there's a campground near there. And bizarrely enough, the camping spot that's, like, almost always deserted because it's too close to the little dinky town there, which means, like, about half a block away, That there's a lot of activity on that campsite. And I noticed that the second time I was down there. So I started trying to always take that campsite way out there, too close to town right next to the river, because they were coming through there pillaging the campsite, swiping food, and then going over to the main dumpster and getting food out of that. And, and then they'd walk back through right down by the river at the base of the campsite I was on. So it didn't take me very long. to. <laughs> then I started pestering them because I knew they were there, so I started looking for them. So. And they were probably following me around watching me do all this stupid climbing stuff too. Gee whiz. Here they are following old Super Duke, knowing that there's a legend in their midst. <laughs> legendarily insane and foolish uh, somehow keep surviving it <laughs> works for me man works for me that's that's all i gotta say duke uh you hold on we got you for another 30 minutes here on spaced out radio with the cryptid report we'll try and get to some news as well near the back end of this next half hour the cryptid report with the birthday boy super duke from world bigfoot radio We'll get into more strange stories about the big cryptid creatures, the big hairy brawlers, the champions of hide and seek. The Cryptid Report continues on Space Down Radio right after this. Hi, Mickle Pickle Toes in the chat room. How you doing? Oh, yeah, there he is. My feet are quite meaty. Yeah, old meaty toes would have a would have a heyday with you right now. Uh-huh, throw a little barbecue sauce on there with, uh, you know, a nice uh, blended garlic and onion. Oh. Super Duke's going to go have part of a super sig, but uh, when I get <clears> that, oh, yeah. there's a good, good question on there from Penny. The answer to which is yes, and I got a cool story from the Boundary Waters, too. All right. We'll save that question. Good old Mickle Pickle Toes. That is Mick from Australia, I have to tell you. He is a dude who literally uh, makes me laugh every day on Twitter. Every day on Twitter. And he is one sick son of a gun, but my God, does he make me laugh. And I, I appreciate that, Mick. Thank you so much. And uh, much love, buddy. Much love. Mickle Toes, you got to get over uh, from uh, Australia to Las Vegas for our Vegas fan party, May 19th through 21st. We need you there. We need you walking barefoot through the casino. Uh-huh. Show off your corns and bunions, buddy. Oh, look who it is. It's Eli McInnes. And then Meaty Toes has arrived. <coughs> oh, my God. What do we need to do tonight? Not only is do we have Swamp Dweller, it's Duke's birthday. 11-year anniversary of my weirdness starting. But now we got Meaty Toes and Mickle Pickle Toes all in the same room. Holy cow. 
Hey, Grantavius Maximus. How you doing? Vash the Impaler, you should come celebrate. You're turning 30 on the 19th. I'm turning 50 on the 24th. My God, I'm 20 years older than you. Uh, you should come down to Vegas and support it with us, man. Let's see. Now I got to go to Twitter and see if Pickletoes is, uh, has uh, uh, posted anything. Nope. I'm surprised. Uh huh. Penny Van, Penny Van. I am Pam, Penny Van. It's going to be a bunion bonanza when you arrive there, meaty toes, in Las Vegas. Pretty soon, for those of you who aren't going to be attending, we are going to get you to uh, send an email out to info at spacedoutradio.com. See how many of you are going. So that way we could start uh, building our numbers. We'll probably start that at, at the beginning of January. <sighs> oh, Vashti Impaler lives in Vegas, so he'll be going for his 30th birthday. Vashti Impaler, Vashti Impaler. I am Pam, Vashti Impaler. There we go. No, I haven't made an I Am Pam t-shirt yet. Well, there's Big Tex, all the way from Texas. His hobbies are hunting, fishing, looking for Sasquatch, and he prefers macrame over straight knitting. Never be a nitwit. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'll tell you, that's one thing I heard about Nick, Nicholas Shaughnessy, is he can crochet like a mofo. <laughs> Should I go ahead and answer Penny's question? Or you want no, me to no, I'll, I'll get it. Uh, I've got it saved here. The free climbing and almost getting washed off the cliff face story is one of the, uh, near as I can recall, about 22 times that I should have been dead and somehow survived it. So this gives you this... Um, feeling that you're probably not going to get killed even if you do something really stupid after a while so it encourages you to do stupid things so that's not a good thing i can see that hey big thank you tonight to lavira sally times three mike atlantis t2e and thomas for the super chats we're going to get going here with the final half hour right now for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. 
Reminder to all of you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with the Cryptid Report with the birthday boy, Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio. Happy birthday, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me here. It's always fun hanging out with you and the awesome gang here on Spaced Out Radio. All right, let's get to a quick question from Penny Van, who is asking, Duke, have you ever been up to the Boundary Waters area in Wisconsin? Uh, I'm not sure that there is one in Wisconsin. I assume you're talking about Minnesota, Boundary Waters Canoe Area, because Minnesota's northern border boundaries Superior, Lake Superior. So I'm assuming you're talking Minnesota, and the answer to that is yes. BWCA is ginormous. There really aren't that much in the way of road. Whether you're buying benches, bread makers, or bottles of bubble bath, paying for business expenses with an Amex Blue Business Cash Card can be rewarding. You'll earn 2% cash back as a statement credit on your first $50,000 in purchases per year and 1% after that. So you get rewarded for getting what you need for your business. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash business cash. Amex Blue Business Cash. Built for business by American Express. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner into it and that's why it's the canoe area because it tons and tons and tons and tons of little lakes and short portages in between most of which are not well kept up some of which are theoretical you look at it in a map and go there's a portage here when you get there no <laughs> maybe there was a few years ago got your machete um, so that's lots of fun especially for people that plan really long canoeing trips up there and i spent one trip up there with a couple of friends that were just there fishing and we drove in as far as you could drive in and then set up because they just wanted to fish the, you know, whatever nearby lake there was. And they had a great time. They caught all kinds of fish. And I just hung around camp and caught up on a book I wanted to read and cooked for them. So I had a fun time too. But, you know, they were out there getting rained on, catching fish. They were having fun. So anyway, horrible uh, ending to this story where they managed to, since it rained the whole time we were there, the areas that we drove through on the way in that were, nice and dry where now ditches filled with water and they managed to crash the truck into one of them and stall it out in the middle of one of them and so i had to walk 18 miles out to the nearest road to flag down help that wasn't fun but anyway a couple years before that one of my friends was up there with his buddies that were much more well prepared and they actually were doing the canoe trip and portaging from lake to lake and they were about three days out there and they had just done this brutal portage that was about a half a mile in between these two lakes. And it actually was a navigable pass, so they didn't have to guess where it came out or anything. And it came down this nice little 
uh, decline that went to a little sandy beach right on the edge of this lake. So they went, well, this is a perfect place to put the camp. It's beautiful. Wake up in the morning, go for a swim, whatever, pack up everything, canoe on to the next lakes. So they set up their tents right there. So in the middle of the night, they start hearing this noise. They haven't gone to sleep yet. They're in the tents, but they haven't gone to sleep yet. And you hear this, something with gigantic, heavy, flat feet, bipedal, running down the trail in their direction toward their camp. And it's going really fast, and it doesn't slow down at all. When it gets right parallel to their camp, it apparently dives into the lake because they didn't hear any more footsteps. They just heard a giant splash and something swimming. And by the time one of them unzipped the tent and got out with their feeble flashlight to see what it was, all they could see was ripples on the water. But <clears throat> none of these guys believed in Bigfoot or anything. But after that, you know, he said, like, whatever that was, it was huge. It was on two legs. It wasn't using a flashlight or anything. It came running down, you know, at like you know, 11 o'clock at night, just tearing butt down this trail in the dark and ran right past our camp and dove in the lake. Just going for a midnight swim. Sure. That's it. <laughs> it was in a big hurry to go somewhere. Probably said, oh, there's humans down there. I'll just screw it. I'll just run past them and dive in the lake. They won't see me. I wonder if there was a cannonball. <laughs> they said whatever it was, it was epic splash. And that was the other thing, too, the sound of the feet impacting and how fast it was going by and how far apart they were really freaked them out. Because, you know, whatever it was was huge. And they couldn't find any marks the next day. Because it was all, you know, tree roots and granite coming down to the very edge of where there was this little sandy spot that they camped on. And apparently it just jumped right over that and hit the water. So <laughs> no tracks there either. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. That's uh, pretty impressive. Duke, out of all the encounters that you have had over the years, okay, at any time, have you felt like your life was being threatened? Eh, the very first encounter I had when I was sledding, whatever that thing was, did not look friendly. Gave off the aspect of hostile predator that was about to eat your face off and or other parts. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, seeing one face-to-face, -face, realizing it's there and feeling threatened by it, no. You know, I've had a few of them I've seen, got picture video of them, and then there's a lot more that I find in video after the fact. And uh, I think probably the scaredest one is when it's in the video surrounded by Sasquatch where we, me and Mike were walking out to an area we had never been to before. There was this, well, actually, this goes back to Kevin Lang from the Glag Saga because when he was up there, he found this area, right? There's two tree snaps on one side of the road. And he went, wait, wait, stop. Let's check the other side of the road. Those are markers. So he went over there and he promptly found one of the biggest arches we've ever seen. Um, and uh, an upside down axe where they had ripped out two trees and had both of them into an axe with the roots upward, which is really doesn't happen in nature. And some other stuff over there. So we decided we should go there and canvas the area and see what else we could find. And we walked all the way down to the end of it without realizing that we were getting them on video the whole time, too. There's a bunch of them in there. Robin pulled them out. One of them's actually just laying next to a tree about 30 feet away watching us, examining how this snapped-off treetop has somehow come to rest on the same place it snapped completely off from. 
that doesn't make any sense. She's in the background on the video. We never even noticed her. Then we kept walking out to the end of the point. We get out there and it, it just kind of peters out. There was like a, a road there at one time. They must have had a logging road or something. But the further you went down the edge of this little ridge, it just kind of petered out to nothing. And then down below, that's this beautiful open glade. And there's this river right next to it on the right-hand side. And a little bit beyond it, about a couple hundred yards away, there's another ridge starts up. And it looks like to the left of it, it goes into some more low forest. And we know over on that side of the ridge, there's this big, giant, open, wet meadow. So it must go over there. So as we come down, the next thing we see is there's this game path there. And this is, Dave, the most impressive game path I have ever seen because they do not have cattle up in this valley. But it looks exactly like a cow path. It's the same width. It's beaten about three or four inches into the ground. And then there's other animal tracks in it. So this has been like used for years and years and years and years. Elk, moose, everything. Right away, I see huge moose tracks in it. So I'm all fascinated. Oh, look at that. Moose tracks the size of my foot. Cool. Let's follow the moose tracks and film them for a while. So I'm being stupid, not watching what's around me. I'm watching the view screen on the camera, and I'm filming the moose track going down this incredibly well-beaten path. And I finally get out in this little open area, and I realize, A, Mike isn't with me anymore. He's still behind me somewhere looking at something over there. And B, I'm getting this really creepy feeling that lots of eyes are watching me. So I go out into this open area, and while I'm standing there, I just casually pan around with my camera. I'm not actually seeing anything, but in case there's something there, pan around to the camera, you might get it on camera. So then I turn the camera off. Mike finally shows up and he goes, well, it looks like this path just goes through that little choke point and the tree's right. You want to go that way? And I'm like, no, we are not going to go that way. We're going to go back exactly the way we came. No, we're not going through there. Because I had a premonition that this is this well-used game trail. There's the choke point. Guess who's sitting there? Maybe they're not happy we're interrupting something. So turned around and went back again. Well, it was about three weeks later after I had put this out on video. Um, actually, one of the people that's done research in my area, Shane, who lives over in Spokane, looked at it and went, Duke, at timestamp 4548, I think you've got one leaning sideways trying to pretend he's the trunk of a tree. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll go take a look at it. And Look at it. Sure enough, he's right. There's one standing right there profile trying to pretend he's the trunk of the tree that he's standing in front of. And there's another one over his shoulder with a brown head. You can see his hair and his two eyes peeking over the top of his head looking at me. And I'm like, well, that's pretty disturbing. That's probably who I was feeling watching me when I was there. So I started going through the video and I literally gave myself PTSD for like three days because there were so many of them in there. And I sent the video to Robin and I went, what do you see in this video? And she circled every damn one of them that I saw and several that I missed and sent it back. And I went, oh, my God. Well, and the extra, the capper, the uh, cherry on the, the icing on this frigid cake of death was that uh, standing in between two of the Sasquatch and peeking around a tree was a dog man. And you could clearly see the side of his face. There's this tree. He's got this little bend in it. And he's sticking his head around like that. You can see his whole snout. You can see one of his eyes. He's looking right at me. And this side of him, there's a Sasquatch. And that side of him, there's a Sasquatch. So I was like, yeah, good instinct to not walk through that choke point right there. But again, if they wanted to jump me, they sure could have. They weren't very far away. But, you know, again, that's a. this is called a precautionary video. In case you think something is about to kill you, start filming. 
because then at least maybe somebody will find a camera and figure out what killed you at some point. Well, th- that is the key. I mean, you know, that's why a lot of people, when they go up into the grizzly territories of uh, of Alaska, they're always filming. They're always filming. Yep. Recently, there was a great video on um, subarctic, subarctic Alaska Sasquatch where somebody had been doing a survey job and they had flown in by helicopter because this is Alaska, there's no roads there. And somebody had already staked out this area and there was a big field and he had his stake there that had his claim written on it and everything. And the guy's job was to just go verify it's still there. Nobody's raping his land, taking his gold away or whatever, I guess, in the middle of freaking nowhere. He has to literally fly in with a helicopter to get there, okay? So he starts the video. He's filming the little claim stake. There's your stake. It's still there. There's the field. There's nothing there. Everything's the same. There's my copter with the blade still spinning. And I'm done. Turns the video off. What he doesn't realize is that while he's filming, on the far side of the field, standing in these uh, small pine trees, is this ginormous Sasquatch. He's like 15, 20 feet tall watching him. Apparently, he passes for a huge tree that's standing in this other small group of trees. And uh, so he never noticed it until, you know, after the fact, he looked at it and went, what was that? Got all freaked out by it, you know. Um, and Fred did a job, good job in enhancing it so you could see it a little bit better. Now, within about like four or five days of him putting that up, all of a sudden that episode's removed. So did he get heat from the guy that he didn't have enough permission to use it or, you know, <clears throat> some other hokey dough stuff happened? And this this recently happened to Kelly Shaw where he got video from um, natives on this one tribe where they had been out horseback riding and there was a, a Bigfoot popped up out of the woods and looked at him and then ducked back down again. They got it on video. And then one of the horses spooked and ran away. And at the time, they didn't notice the Bigfoot there. Well, when Kelly was looking at it, I was looking at it too. And he go, there's another one right next to him. All he does is peek his head up and then pop it back down again. So there was at least two of them there. And there could have been a third one up front too because of the shadow we were looking at in the woods that was moving around. So he's got this up and it starts making a huge stir. And everybody's trying to contact the guy that filmed the video. And they're all excited and everything. And he's just like, oh, this is it's turning my life into a wreck. Take it down, Kelly. Take it down. And Kelly's like, well, wait, you told me I could put it up, and now you want me to take it down and make up your damn mind. You know? Right, right. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Super Duke, we, do you want to go the distance, or do you want to go uh, uh, just a couple more minutes? It's up to you, my friend. Uh, yeah, I want to I want to veg out after I get done with you. I got another little project that I still need to finish here tonight. But, uh, yeah, it's been fun hanging out with you guys for an hour. Is there anything else we need to cover? No, Was there any more I, questions? I, 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 think, I think we're good, buddy. I think we're good tonight Sweet. for your birthday One of these show. times I should just go through my list of uh, – all my near brushes with death that I absolutely should have been killed by and somehow miraculously survived. That same area where I almost got wa- washed off the cliff on the next rock face over from it, I almost got killed on that one too. That was a, It's a big talus slope. And if you know what that is, it's the broken rocks that have fallen off of the upper parts of the slope make this big line of boulders progressively getting thicker as they're going down. So you have to clamber up all of these boulders to get to the edge of the cliff, to climb straight up the cliff. So part of the danger is crawling through all the boulders that that they're not placed there by humans. It could be rather precarious, let's just say. So what you're trying to do is step on ones that look really firmly positioned or ones that are so heavy that your body weight can't disturb them. 
So I make a bad call on this one, which is um, had to be at least five, six feet across. And it looked like it was sitting in a good position. And, you know, my pitiful little weight isn't going to move it wrong. As soon as I reached up and I tried to pull my body weight up on it, it started to roll toward me. And I'm like, uh-oh, if I jump off to this side, I'm going to break my leg. If I jump off to that side, I'm going to break my leg. If I don't jump off, it's going to squash me. So my only option is climb this boulder faster than it's rolling downhill, which I managed to do. I was doing the dog thing, you know, like, and I only had to do that about three times. And the boulder was past my legs and went down the hill. And I was flat on my stomach going, wow, that really sucked. And I can hear the boulder behind me going, wa-boom, wa-boom, smash. And there's this huge echo because there's this canyon down there in between these two rock faces. And I'm like, well, at least I'm not squished, you know, and there's nobody down there with me. I'm just solo. So I get up to the, the edge of the cliff, and the cliff up is only about 50 feet, so not no big deal. Climb up to the top of it, and as I come over the top, there's a ranger and two people there going, where did you come from? I came up from down there. Did you hear that huge boulder smash? Yeah, it moved when I was climbing up. Well, what are you doing down there? It's posted right here. No climbing down in the valley. And I said, well, it's not posted down there in the valley where I climbed up from. Maybe you should mark things a little better. <laughs> they didn't know who they were dealing with. They got yeah, the full right. wrath of Super Duke right there. There's a, there's a walking path down there, Bonehead. If you don't want people to try climb up this, maybe you should put up a sign that says, don't try climb up this. <laughs> right. I get it all the time. Super dudes. It's at the top. I mean, come on. At the top, you're already safe. What's the danger? You put it at the bottom so they don't try it, right? Apparently so. Apparently so. She was. She was. Super Duke, we're going to wish you a very merry, uh, happy, merry Christmas and a happy birthday to you today, my friend. And uh, we'll let you get off on your own little journey here. Love you guys. I'll probably hang out for the rest of the show. I got this painting project that's endless and i'm just so sick of it i want to finish it tonight but i love you guys and i'll see you again uh in a couple days absolutely super duke from world bigfoot radio on youtube make sure you go hit subscribe on his channel on bid shoot rumble youtube and any fine bingo parlor around the montana idaho area that's why we love him around here. Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio. Let's get over to Shirky Poo's News. What time is it? It's time for Shirky Poo's News. All right, let's get right to it tonight. The World Cup, thankfully, only comes around at once every four years. Wish it was more like once every hundred years. So some sports fans... Forgot what real soccer actually looks like, if there is such a thing. Yep, maybe video game graphics have really come a long way in recent years. How else to explain reports that thousands of people believe they were watching the iconic sporting event, but were actually viewing replays from the soccer video game FIFA 23. Or maybe they just were desperate to find a way anyway to tune in for free. Seems like that's the actual reason. A report coming out says over 40,000 people in France alone watched the video game broadcast on YouTube channels, thinking it was a real thing. They were lured in by promises offering live streams. One report even said some of the streams had commentary of the action. 
A Vietnamese language stream was specifically mentioned. According to reports, a Vietnamese outlet, YouTubers can make thousands of dollars by luring viewers with this trick. They use poor quality images, so viewers think they're just getting a low-quality stream. Uh -uh Uh-uh-uh. Actually, video games. A North Carolina woman has had an unbelievably lucky day recently. Brenda Hernandez, 28-year-old mom in North Carolina, won a hundred grand through the state lottery on the same day she gave birth to a baby girl. The report said she found out later that night that her Powerball ticket had won her the prize. The housekeeper had purchased a $3 ticket. She initially won fifty grand, but the 2S power play multiplier doubled the win. I feel like she's brought me good luck, my little girl, and I am so thankful, she says. Pepsi can mix well with a lot of other drinks, but this ain't one of them. The soda pop maker's new holiday campaign aims to get people to mix Pepsi with milk. Yeah, they're calling it Pilk. Pilk and cookies. If the hashtag Pilk and cookies is used on social media between now and December 25th, users can win a cash prize. Combining Pepsi and milk has long been a secret hack among Pepsi fans. Todd Kaplan, Pepsi's chief marketing officer, said in a release, apparently it's also a trend on TikTok called Dirty Soda. Pepsi is using Lindsay Lohan as part of its campaign. Wow, they picked a winner there, didn't they? And uh, let's see, what else do we have here for you tonight? There are a lot of ways a roommate could be a bad one. That can include being extremely smelly. Body odor became so much of an issue for one woman that she got her roommate evicted for not bathing for months. The woman said the woman said her roommate displayed zero respect for personal hygiene when living together. We've been living together for four months. I can't stand living with her anymore. She doesn't shower. In four months, she hasn't showered once. However, she goes for a two-hour run every morning. I can't smell, stand the smell anymore. It makes me sick to my stomach. That is gross. Take a shower. Use a nice loofah with some body soap. Feels great. Feels absolutely great. Should try it on out. Thank you to everyone tuning in tonight, including our special guest. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Space Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Excuse me. Special thanks to everybody listening in at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. 
Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. Whether you're buying benches, bread makers, or bottles of bubble bath, paying for business expenses with an Amex Blue Business Cash Card can be rewarding. You'll earn 2% cash back as a statement credit on your first $50,000 in purchases per year and 1% after that. So you get rewarded for getting what you need for your business. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash business cash. Amex Blue Business Cash. Built for business by American Express. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 